Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. If you're on the internet, Brian, real quick, come, come. Just a regular business, you dumb dumb. Sword manifestors in there, not all day. Beautiful party, can't just bag your ways. Sword member, hopeless is after you. Sword member, choose your after boo. Sword member, them busters after you. Sword member, in the train you do your boo. Them wizard Nazis are really crazy clowns. Where will they learn they can't blow master blankets down? Sword man sensors the internet all day. Speed of the captain's wagon ways. Sword master, after instead after you. The sword man's are show! Sword master, after instead after you. Sword master. If you lose your after boo, sword damser, them them busters after you, sword damser, and the train needs your after boo. <laughs> <laughs> George T.K. and Mischievous, Mr. Possum, are not welcomed in these parts. You're listening to Pastor Lindsay's The Movement Turn. Thank you. 
clap or read out my niggers. No, this is not the fucking hell turn show. Nor is this the pure of good after show, Radio Free Incarnation. We don't have retarded members and Jewboy and Wigger Faggots like the intern or the Reverend Boa We don't have beautiful masters for mentors and rabbi fickle city and a joyzy shitty spectacular going ahead and reading some Wikipedia articles about Hitler and going ahead and practicing paper feminism. Nor is this the rabbi Eliar show where you have a Chicago supporting Jew boy formerly known as Youth of Stalin no, this is the movement turd, and also known as the Dick Dick Show, and your host is Pastor Martin Luther Drzewski Linstead, and if you want to call in, and if you dare, call in. Hail victory, folks. Greetings again, Zogling, Wigger, and Mazer, half clouds across the bridge, that Zog play. Here in the open air, coast to coast, that house, we call Zog Babylon third and final. Welcome to the first show after that first half hour. Well, my sister called up. And a lot of the time, she, she, married, she married her brother-in-law, my brother-in-law. You know, my, uh, oh, my brother, my brother Monty's widow. And the widow's brother, and he always he always did like Susan here. Now Susan, Susan is rather tall. I mean, all of Susan's are tall. I'm the shortest. I'm the shortest uh, man of the family here. My dad was only about five six, five seven, something like that here. My mom wasn't really that tall, but we we took it from the Schmidt. We took it from the Schmidt and the uh, the Samuelson side, really. Uh, you know, pretty much that way. Uh, and uh, heck, I'm six foot two and a half. My brother Mike, aka Pigook, is what six foot three and a half, maybe close to six foot four. My brother Monty was about six foot five, rather rather thin though. So pretty much, you know, pretty much, I look like the uh, I look like the, my sister Susan is what I would say she's easily six foot two. And uh, so as a result, uh, uh, pretty well, you know, pretty well, uh, my brother-in-law was quite taken with Susan. And she was having problems with her, you know, with, with her first husband here. And, you know, when my brother took my mother up to South Dakota, he was still alive. He didn't even like my mother. He didn't even pretend to like my mother. So I couldn't work with him to have my mother declared incompetent and, Pretty well finished my brother Mike's power of attorney. Very well, things came to a head because he died in June, uh, June of 2012. It was partly caused by inhaling fungus from the Joplin tornado of May 11, 2011. Any case, where was I? So she called, and her husband, her husband got a job. You know, got a job in... Uh, Oh, he got a job uh, as opposed to one in Michigan. He is a skilled, very skilled worker. He uh, 
you know, so anyway, so anyway, she's pleased here, and he started work at fairly good, at fairly good pay here, and the pay is not only better. Uh, where he's from, or where he's working at here, uh, the standard of living is lower. You know, it's in Alabama. You know, Alabama is cheaper to live in than, say, Michigan. You know, uh, she was going to work up in Saginaw, Michigan, you know, for engineering, for GM and the rest here. And uh, pretty well, he, he's a skilled he's a skilled millwright here. So she was telling me that. She's in the neighborhood. And she said, the husband said, well, you and Mike and Martin ought to sit down and talk things out. And I said, well, yeah, that's going to work out real good. Let's just go ahead and talk about how he may have betrayed Dad. He had something to do with Dad being put in prison and dying 20 days after he got out of prison. And let's go ahead and talk about how you wanted me to be sent to prison for the rest of my life on them bogus child molestation charges so you can do whatever you want. And let's go ahead and talk about how you won't you know, even allow me into the trailer house to pick up my stuff in a trailer house I halfway own with the hill. And let's talk about how you went ahead and killed, you know, put mom 800 miles away and had her die alone like a dog here. And what are we going to talk about? We, are we going to talk about, oh, how we can't, can't we all just get along? Can't we just go ahead and just all get along? Well, no. You know, I mean, folks, I've been thinking a good deal about the nature of evil. And it's not all together. I mean, Mongols like Brian Rio. All together, there's nothing good about them. I mean, you know, literally, what I said in my defenses, you know, about him being a satanic Mongol abomination, it's true. He, you know, Brian Rear is a satanic Mongol abomination. Face a Jew. Spawn of Satan. You know, you can't change that here. But, you know, what do you say about someone like my brother? Now, Dewey Tucker says that, well, he may have an Adamic body, but he's not Elohim. Well, Dewey, believe, Dewey believes in essentially believes in reincarnation. Incarnation is when a spiritual being inhabits a fleshly body. And when you have reincarnation, it occurs again and again and again and again. And do we believe in reincarnation? doesn't mean free will. And I have, you know, I mean, I just pretty much, I reject that. I believe that Adamic people have, you know, have something special have something special which makes them human, that they have a soul and they have a spirit. But it's possible to essentially taint that spirit, and that spirit of a tainting arises as a result of free will. I believe that Satan was made out of spiritual matter, and Satan chose rebellion. Satan chose it because he had free will to do so. Now, Dewey believes something totally different here, and I have explained to Dewey. I really like Dewey, and I like listening to the show on Saturday. But in many cases, when I listen to this, you know, what is the purpose of having a law? What is the purpose of having a Messiah if all you know all Christ is, all Jesus Christ is, just simply Adam trying to get his shit together? If we were Elohim you know, from before the foundation of the world, why do we need to come back in a spiritual, 
you know, in a spiritual, in a physical body, you know how to learn to take care of essentially other non-spiritual, you know, non-spiritual bodies here. It does not make sense here. I believe the Bible is about between the two seed lines of choosing, good or bad. So at at the end result, you know, I just I just cannot agree with Dewey, but I really like listening to him here. You know, and Saturdays, you know, Saturdays he helps me, you know, he helps me keep things in some sort of perspective here. So any case, uh, you know, that's you know, that's that's why I have to say about my brother here. You know what I mean? You know, is well sometimes here. Uh, Jeffrey Leonard, behave yourself, okay? You know, behave yourself. Uh, you 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 are on, you are on you are on double unsecret you know probation. <laughs> In any case, uh, let's see the Nimbuster who calls himself Jeffrey Leonard. You are on you are on double unsecret probation. It's no secret you're on probation. <laughs> So where was I here? Uh, where? <laughs> let's say uh, <laughs> I doubt. I doubt. I doubt. Doctor Dewey says he's a thing. <laughs> but in any case, uh, where was I here? So you know, I mean. My sister's husband, he, he's a night. He's the most likable character I've ever met in my life. Here, he's always been known as a cool cat. He's a cool cat. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, his brother, his brother Curtis, is a whiner, and regrettably, he has turned my nephew into a whiner like him. And uh, Dewey was not too. Not too relaxed. I said, "Shit, here I was in the nut house, March 2006, and I seen a little nigger named Letitia Linstead, and I had I had fallen out with my sister-in-law because she had she found a three-year-old she nigglet, you know, uh, which was a result of a crack, you know, essentially a whigger crack whore and a nigger. Is that right? And I I urged her to take it, send it back." Just take it back here. I mean, they won't, they won't mind. I mean, shit, it'll work out here. But she refused to do so. So after that, uh, me and my sister-in-law really didn't have much to say to each other. I mean, she knew damn well what I thought. But, but here I am. I sort of thought she'd give the nigglet her name. But no, she gave it the nigglet name of Linstead. So here I am. Oh, shit, Alex Winters probably watches the Columbia Tribune of March two sometime two thousand six about this nigglet named Letitia Winstead. And had my really you know, had my really beautiful looking niece niece here with long reddish, you know, reddish gold hair. And uh, you know, pretty well my my uh, brother Monty and my, my sister uh, they retained, they retained, uh, they retained the toehead look, uh, longer than me or my brother Mike did. But, uh, any case, uh, you know, and then later on, pretty well, my brother, he has sort of dark blonde hair. You know what I mean? It's not really brown, but it's not really blonde either. And my sister, she had sort of reddish, you know, she's had sort of auburn, you know, hair. 
But in case, uh, any case, uh, you know, pretty well, I was just disgusted as hell because from my gather, my stupid nephew, they've run through the half of the, I thought Susan had to deal with, with, uh, with them to get, you know, in order to make the, make the Jenny Samuelson estate go through here. Why I assume they had the same deal I had with my brother Mike here. My brother Mike, I got him, oh, five, ten times admitting we had a, an oral agreement that when Mom died that, you know, essentially old Jenny gave, you know, Mom a life estate here, and essentially it was you know, half of her half. So, you know, well, two halves here. Essentially she got a fifth and in order to avoid generation skipping tax, because, hey, mom isn't a generation skip. We pretty well funneled everything through her. You know, the money and essentially the federal government got, what, $400,000? state of South Dakota got $120,000. So, hey, here's a half million going out in state taxes in 1997, 1998, 1999. So, anyway, we had, me and Mike you know, have this agreement here that when mom dies, he gets, you know, because Jenny did not like me acting as my dad's hatchet man for the family here because Jenny killed my grandfather, Martin. And she bought a whole bunch of lawyers, some of whom got on the South Dakota State Supreme Court. Folks, it's crooked all over. You have crooked lawyers. And let me just tell you where the crooked lawyers make the most money here. You know, they, they, they cause the most heartbreak in the family courts where they buy and sell white children. But they... They suck up like literally like buzzards here in the probate courts where they take what some old guy has worked all his life to somehow give to his children and grandchildren, and that's where they get their little noses in and they slurp it up here just like a bed bug or like a, a Jew bug or whatever. So anyway, we wanted to get this thing settled, so I said, hey, look, uh, we'll just have a little side agreement with my brother that when, when mom dies, Pretty much, Mike will go ahead and give me half of his half. And I assume that Monty's much had the same deal with my sister. But Susan, you know, my, and my sister didn't have such an agreement here. So here it is, and they, you know, essentially my nephew goes ahead. And they've already sold up their portion. They've already sold their portion of the ranch because getting what? Getting ten or twelve thousand dollars a year in rental after taxes just ain't enough for them. Ten thousand dollars a year, easy, free money, ain't enough for them. At least it's not for the, not enough for my nephew. And pretty well, my sister's husband the same way. He wanted Susan. He wanted my sister to sell her inheritance so he could slurp it up too. So anyway. My nephew, my Gary, is going to marry his nigger girlfriend and probably have nigger kids, so essentially there'll be more than one nigger named Winston. And Dewey Tucker wasn't too, oh, <laughs> he wasn't too uh, understanding because, well, Tucker is an English name, and I'm sure there's plenty of niggers named Tucker, and Dewey has gotten used to it. I have not. Okay? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> in the case here, where I'm at here, that you know, uh, let's see. Well, well, well. <laughs> okay. Oh, Pockleese was in. Uh, I have a sock puppet on his beer barrel form, but I don't post anything there. In case, where was I? Where was I? Uh, where was I? Anyway, my sister's going, you know, going to come see me tomorrow. Alrighty, so I'm, I'm going to file a Rule 59 e motion for the judge to reconsider. And what's going to boil down to is, do you really want to claim that lawyers get to, you know, appoint as guardian ad litem that they get to kill and embezzle and steal and conspire to murder? You know, does their absolute immunity extend to where they can indeed murder those who they're supposed to be guardians over? I don't think so. In the case of the judges, I know that judges have absolute immunity where they are acting within the jurisdiction, but what happens if they don't have jurisdiction because of state law? State law says that they have to, well, not be on this case because, hey, state law says if somebody files an affidavit attesting to their prejudice, all I have to say is that, hey, I think he's prejudiced. I don't want him as a, you know, as a judge on this case, and guess what? They're no longer on the case, but what happens if that judge says, well, I'm going to stay on the case. I'm going to I'm going to think I can be fair and honest here. Well, when you showed every single time you can't, you're violating black letter state law. What happens to, say, a deputy of you know, Missouri Attorney General who allows a judge and covers up for a judge not obeying the law and refuses to talk about that, even tries to steal the case. How can you say you have law when you have lawyers and judges who will not obey the law they swore to uphold? When they're running around killing and murdering under color of law, then they claim they have absolute immunity? Isn't that a case where civil war is justified? So anyway, I'm going to see my sister tomorrow. And I'm going to be writing up some stuff tonight. I'm going to be writing up some stuff tomorrow, and I'll probably mail it off Saturday morning. And then I'll have the old quarter-ton Buick gassed up with a good tire, ready to drive to Springfield an hour and a half away to file if necessary tomorrow. Okay? So in any case, uh, all right, we have SS John on, and I'm going to take a break because I've done enough of a you know, uh, monologue. So we're going to go ahead and take about a 15, you know, well, about a 30-second break, and we'll be back. Hail victory. We're back. Hello, hello, FF John. How you doing? Hey, Pastor. How you doing? 
Well, uh, pretty well, pretty well. I've I've had a hit, and I've had a I've had a I've had a hit, and I've had a miss. Uh, the federal judge believes that uh, guardian ad litems get to kill uh, their you know who they're supposed to be guardian for, and the judges get to do whatever the hell they want to. But on the other hand, old Brian Real, Brian Real, aka Old Nigger Lips, man's a mentor. Uh, with Rabbi Fink, uh, I was going to talk about, uh, well, Nigger Lips Gate uh, tonight. Uh, pretty well, about two days ago, uh, and I, I'll give the old Jeremy Visser, the Pistol Pops, some credit. He gave me a heads up. They were asking, what does this character named Lang listen to? Now, I sort of thought, you know, he had a Jew name, and he was from Brazil or someplace. And so I thought he was a supporting Jew who was, you know, on Fink's. You know, fake Ashkenazi Jew, uh, but in case he was on that forum, and then Brian Rio drove him off by saying, you know, say, calling him a Jew. So he, you know, about six months, you had this Alan Rouse, aka I call him Starana Pramanzer, uh, was saying, what happened to Lang? And then this, this Finnish, this Finnish Laplander mongrel mix who's into MMA mixed martial arts. And actually, as a champion on there, and he looks, you know, he looks like a a weak guard mongrel. Said, uh, let me let me go ahead and put the uh, let me go ahead and put the uh, post. Let me go ahead and put that uh, screenshot for the post in there again. Let's see, copy image. Uh, he said in this post. Let's see. I'm gonna put it up. Man. He said in this, you know, he said in this post here, Brian Sly Sword Brethren accused him of being a Jew, this Lang character. How true this is, I know not. After Brian and Lang had an incident, and sometime in September, Lang disappeared. Any statement made by Brian, past or present, should be regarded with suspicion. Not only has become and still is a user of LSD, opium, and weed, he has denied our salvation through Christ and our Heavenly Father. He insulted our God, referring to him as, quote, sky God. I thought we were friends, but he said we were nothing more than two people united by hate. I accused him of being a manzer. He didn't even bother to deny it, and he said it's wrong to hate based on heritage. Well, folks, this is what Brian Real has been telling me and this U.S. magistrate judge. Essentially, he's making big deals. Well, he's an Aryan Nations member. Uh, you know, he was a big friend of Trader Glenn Miller. He was this here. If anyone wants to discuss this further with me, feel free to message me. So what I did is I slurped everything up, page six, page seven, on that, you know, on that, uh, you know, of that here. And then I put it up, you know, and Jeremy Visser, no doubt, has his own little screenshots. But anyway, the next afternoon, I think this was Tuesday night, the next afternoon, Frank goes and, you know, goes and hides that thread, entire thread, and then he's on it for about an hour or so, and then what Fink does is that Fink either moves it to another thread or deletes it. Because what happens is the very last thing now you have in that thread is where old Lang is talking about what sort of music on a YouTube video that he likes. So essentially, Fink is covering up for the fact that Brian Rio 
no longer denies being a mongrel, that essentially everything he does is based upon, well, love of everybody, on universalism. Brian, I mean, Fink has been you know, all annoyed when you point out that him and Brian Rio used to go ass to mouth with each other. Pretty close. And guess what? As late as Saturday, you had Brian Rio calling in, listening on Fink's TeamSpeak servers, and you could hear the Manzer monotone. So here it is to where this Finnish guy, who used to go ask him out with Brian Rio, says that Brian Rio is using drugs, still is using drugs, uh, calls Yahweh a sky god, and does all this other happy horseshit, and Fink has to cover it up. Now, Fink is a Jew. Oh, he has, you know, on his daddy's side, why he's related to Matt Lauer, on his mama's side, he's related to Mark Patak. I mean, his kids all look like Jews. He is no devil. He's not dual seed line Chris Sundanton. Everybody has figured that out. You know, he's pretty well uh, a no devil turkey, like he used to claim other people were, like Meerkat Mark Downey. So, pretty well, here's Fink. He's having to cover up the fact. That all along, Brian Real was an anti-racist activist who, you know, was used with, along with Eli James and used with uh, Daryl Lamont Jenkins of the One Primates Project to bring Fink in to Christian identity. And as late as what? As late as Saturday, you know, Fink's still going ass to mouth with a known mongrel named Brian Real. So pretty well, Fink had to cover that thing up, but guess what? Here I am, I'm slurping up the data, and I thought, well, shoot, let's just see what Fink does with it. Well, what Fink did is that Fink is covering up. Fink is knowingly practicing deceit here, which is what Dewey Tucker said about Fink about a year and a half ago, that Fink is, you know, Fink is practicing deceit. He's practicing Jew deception. Right. In any case, uh, you know, I mean, think, you know, thinks a Jew, but Brian Real is a mongrel. Well, anyway, uh, during the last, you know, on February 13th, Brian Real and I and United States Magistrate Judge uh, Matthew J. Whitworth sat down, and Brian Real has said, "Oh yes, you know, I, I go ahead and bitch and said you were trying to get me gunned down by U.S. Marshals because when they came out on Halloween." They, you know, they didn't have the helmets on, but they were dressed in full ballistic armor, and both of them had their hands on their Glock pistols here. You know what I mean? And yeah. Ryan really said that I would swore I'd never be taken alive. You know, I have plenty of guns. I hate police. You know, I'll never be taken alive. Oh, by the way, he's a friend of convicted Jewish. You know, they, you know he's a member of the area. You know, he's an Aryan Nation pastor here. He's not really a pastor, but he's an Aryan Nation maniac here. And essentially, it was looking like. Gun him down, gun him down, gun him down. I bitched about that. Well, you did say you did say you were every day, you know, every nation's here. I said, well, yes, but you used to claim to be a Christian identity, uh, you know, follower, even a sort of mini pastor here. What is with that here? Well, yes, yes, but I I thought I had a duty to I thought I had a duty to tell people. Well, I'll tell these people about it here. Well, I mean, and that's that's one thing he says in complaint here. Uh, but you know the fact is, is that I have I have a you know, I had a recording by this Buck McHugh on Skype. You know I used to argue with Russ Walker about a number of things. Well, anyway, I sent this thing on to Russ Walker, and Russ Walker has agreed for the third time. He's going to provide me with a sworn affidavit 
that it wasn't me, wasn't me who provided his Lexus Nexus page. Uh, it was John Britton who sent it on to Russ Walker, and Russ Walker sent it on to Brian Real about, you know, I mean, Russ has a lot, has about 35 to 40, you know, 40 name retard list. He never, he never sends a blind carbon copy. He just got to show every, you know, every other retard, how many retards he knows. And essentially Russ has sworn is that, hey, he's going to show that Brian Reel's out and out lying because it was not me who sent that Lexus Nexus deal. Brian Reel got himself involved in John Britton's uh, helicopter, you know, federal civil case and uh, essentially told Cousin Ray, the lawyer, Mariani, about that. So pretty well, uh, you know, pretty well John Britton's lawyer, Stu McCartney, you know, he, he's a worthless old bastard. He's dead now. Uh, and essentially all John Britton's law firms, they were a bunch of crooks and their, you know, they, their, their law firm pretty well collapsed as well. But, in any case, you know, you'd be surprised at how much crap they have on Lexus. On Lexus, uh, Nexus is the news. Essentially, Lexus is the legal aspects, and it's ungodly how much information they have on everybody, including old nigger lips Brian Rail. You know, they had they had everything except the last form of Social Security. They had the fact he was registered as a Democrat voter. They had, you know, they had the license plate of his damn Toyota. You know, Cougar Assault and Kill and Main Vehicle. They had pretty well a lot of stuff here. And uh, John Britton sent to me, he sent to this real William B. He sent to Russ Walker. He sent to two or three other people. You know, and I said, are you sure you're smart to go ahead and give it to Russ Walker? Because Russ Walker just can't keep his mouth shut. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Russ will know what to do with it. Well, Russ went ahead and sent to Brian Real and Fink and all that. And then Brian Real went bitching to I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you for doing that. I'm going to sue you for doing that. And uh, Russ walks up, well, I, I, I should love school. Go ahead and sue me, you know, Brian Fearful or Brian, you know, Sword Mams or whatever he called, you know. You know. I mean, he didn't know who Brian Real was. I found out who Brian Real was. And Brian Real had been a anti-racist activist before. Uh, and he got, essentially got eased out. Uh, Dickie Barrett said, Brian Real has to understand he's not white. Well, Brian Real knows he's not white. He's been told he's not white, and he's telling, he's telling this, you know, he's telling this thin, you know, Lapland Mongol mix that he's a mamzer, and we all should love one another, and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't do things on racial hate or what have you. So essentially, he's acting just like an ARA activist here. When I was talking to Judge Matthew J. Whitworth on this convention. You know, he you know, he, he made a big deal about you know, you know, a defendant sued for you know, President Barack Hussein Obama, you know, Barack Obama on the grounds that he was black. I said, Well, no, it was a little bit more than that. It was about mainly about Missouri election law. But I was wondering I've never I've never gotten anybody bitching to me who's actually a white supremacist or a white nationalist bitching to me that I want to hit sue the nigger because he's a Kenyan nigger. You know, he's a nigger from outside. He's not an American citizen. I mean, you know, about 50% of the Republican rank and file thinks that the nigger isn't a legit nigger. You know, but in any case, here's Brian Real. He's whining about that shit. He's asking, he's asking for a lawyer to take his worthless case 
you know, and the judge says, well, I don't, you know, I mean, we, we don't assign lawyers for civil plaintiffs. You know, sometimes we do for, you know, for civil defendants, but essentially what it boils down to is it's when a stupid nigger is so stupid he can't, you know, read or write anyway. So then they might assign a defendant, you know, for a civil, for a civil action defendant. In fact, uh, the Eighth Circuit assigned me a lawyer. I didn't want one. Assigned me a lawyer over this fist fight, you know, this case involving a fist fight I got into, you know, at the Grammy City Council back in 1994. But, you know, I got assigned a lawyer. I didn't want one, but they assigned me one, you know, whether I won one or not. They wouldn't give me a choice to just say, you know, booter. But in any case, uh, what happens is that Russ Walker has agreed to say is that Brian Real has essentially lied to the Northern District of Ohio and lied to U.S. Magistrate Judge Matthew J. Whitworth, who told you know, told me in Rio. Oh, by the way, I'm 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 still friend, I'm still friends with the uh, United States Attorney's Office. You know, I bet you are because you used to be. You used to be a United States Attorney before they made you a magistrate judge. So I find it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pretty well, pretty well, pretty well. You know, get Russ Walker's thing here. Uh, I don't know if you know what's going on in the copyright world, but uh, you end up having characters like this. I mean, it's getting pretty bad. I mean, Brian Rue ain't the only one who's filing these bogus DMCA complaints. Uh, I looked at uh, there's a uh, oh there's a uh, blog called thepassivevoice.com. And yesterday, they had two complaints about people screwing up their books by claiming a bogus DMCA copyright violation. See, when you make the claim, in order to protect their free hosting status, they automatically, you know, they either give you a day to take it down or they just simply take it down automatically. Now, DreamHost uh, got into my... Uh, avatar generator and took down the Brian Rio avatar and every other avatar as well. And pretty much I, I pointed out is that Brian, this, this avatar Brian Rio is just nothing more than essentially his, his public profile page. Well, back in 2006, there was a lawsuit called 10 Zen Monkeys versus Michael Cook. And this idiot, this ass clown named Michael Cook, claimed that they had violated, 10 Zen Monkeys had violated his copyright because here he was on Fox News being a douche. And essentially the judge says, well, guess what? You can't claim your, your, your public picture is a copyright. You know what I mean? So essentially it's already set a law. And more of the fact is that this thing's already been noticed and counter-noticed, and Brian Real knew it. So Brian Real is committing... Fraud after fraud after fraud after fraud, you know, committed under acts of perjury here. So I'll go ahead and get Russ Walker's. I'll go ahead and after this weekend draft, you know, ask, you know, pretty well, show Russ Walker the emails. Essentially, have him draft up, suggest what he drafts up. He swears it, you know, he verifies it. Essentially, Brian Reels committing acts of perjury. And see if uh, we can't go ahead and send Brian Rio to prison. But it looks to me that maybe I can get. Oh, oh. Okay, sorry. 
I didn't see, didn't see, you know, didn't, didn't see you. You hung up and then you got back on, didn't you, John? Well, no, actually, uh, I, I don't know if my cell phone died or or what. I mean, it's plugged in and everything, but uh, it seems uh, I, I just basically lost you and uh, had to call back. Oh, okay. Anyway, what what Fink's doing here is I think that Fink, you know, Fink is party to Brian Reel's perjury. And maybe I can go ahead and get Fink sent back to prison as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fink, you know, huh? Well, I, I mean, I would. I mean, if you could, I mean, you know, I mean, these these people haven't done you any justice. Well, what they what they do is that they're you have all these characters here. Uh, Wickstrom, you know, Wickstrom, I think is a Zogbot rash here. I mean, everybody knows what he did. He brought, but he brought in Dan Jobs, another critter who ain't white, in 1999. And I had to get down. I had to get down on you know, Dan Jobs in 2000 because he was going to have Trader Glenn Miller on for the third or fourth time. I said, Hey, look, Trader Glenn Miller. Testified at Fort Smith against Louis Beam and uh, your uncle, you know, Pastor Butler here, even though neither Louis Beam nor uh, he testified against the order, but they, they'd given him a quarter million dollars. I mean, your uncle, your uncle and Louis Beam hadn't given, you know, Trader Glenn Miller any money. Here you are still snitching on him here. You know, for no, I don't see why, but, you know, he was. And I says, look, uh, your uncle was still alive in 2000. So I said, look, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm in, you know, I mean, I got, I pretty well, I didn't say anything about how I was pretending to be Trader Glenn Miller's buddy, but I said, hey, you ran on people, and you're having a buck. Well, Glenn is such a, Glenn is such a wonderful guest here. He's appealing and all that. I said, yeah, he's a rat and a snitch and a traitor. You know, do I have to? Do I have to? Uh, Send an email to Louis Beam here. He's going to get he's going to get in touch with uh, Pastor Butler, and they're going to tell about Trader Glenn and how they don't want they don't want him as an honored guest on your show. You're claiming to be Chris Sunday. You better you better get rid of him. And so we'll okay, I'll take him off here. And Dan Jones wasn't too crazy about that, but I, I said, hey, look, you know, if if I see you have him back on. The third or fourth time, I'm you know I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and notify Louis Bio because I really I really I met your uncle first time in May 2004, but Louis Bean had introduced himself to me in 1996, and he got he got me in touch with Cat Lane, who was David Lane's uh, wife at the time, and essentially I you know I conversed with David Lane through his wife here, and. Uh, you know, do I do I need do I need to talk to Louis Bain and he'll go ahead and he'll talk to you know, he'll talk to Butler and they'll they'll say something about Christian identity so called pastors, you know, like Pastor Dan Jobs who are essentially going ass the mouth with uh, this with this character think them out here, who's a rat, who said he wasn't a racist, who did all this sort of thing. So like Brian Real did. And Dan Jones, he backed off here. He didn't you know, as far as I know he didn't have Anybody on by Yahweh? He didn't have Trader Glenn Miller on by Yahweh's design after that here. So I had to get I had to get on his ass here in 2000 over that. But uh, any case, and then you know Dan Johns, it was mid last year around this time. Eli James admitted that he hadn't been in Christian Ace since 1979 or 1985. 
that Dan Charles brought him in in 2003. And then Dan Charles in August admitted as much. So then you had Jeremy Vissery showed up at the tail end in 2004, early 2005. And then, you know, uh, Fink gets out of prison in, uh, what, December 2008. And I found out uh, through a Creedy Cameron video, which has been taken down, that essentially this nigger named Daryl Lamont Jenkins had, you know, gloated about how he had one of his anti-racist activists in, you know, in Binghamton, uh, New York, at uh, Fink's coming out here, along with Eli James, Brian Real, and Fink. So who, you know, who was that anti-racist activist? Well, Brian Real. So hey, Brian Real is an anti-racist activist, and Fink, you know, Fink knew he was a mongrel. Uh, Eli James knew he was a mongrel. Uh, Eli James and this idiot, a skilled licking tar, Greg Howard, excommunicated me on, so supposedly excommunicated me on Halloween, you know, Halloween morning, because I had found out that little Sword Brethren was none other than Sword Manther slash Brian Rio, noted mongrel. You know, I'd found his Facebook page. It was because of things. Stupidity that I found that out here. So this this is this is what we have in Christian Day. We just have a bunch of Jews and mongrels. Eli James, Chicago supporting Jew, uh, you know, think a you know New Jersey, Jersey City, uh, nigger nose kike here, Brian Rio, uh, mongrel, and here's this Finnish guy. Real said we better keep an eye, and essentially think censors it. Think, you know, think, you know, think takes it down. But, you know, like I said before, whenever I see something like that, I know dang well it's not going to last. Uh, sort of like this, what, August 25th one called Pray for My Success, where Brian Rio admits that he is going after other people for $400,000, and he's, he's trying to go ahead and sue me, you know, and take my inheritance away and leave me destitute and penniless. Well, essentially, he's admitting he's admitting grounds for his fraud, and this was, you know, this was just after after Matthew J. Whitworth, you know, U.S. Magistrate Judge goes ahead and carries forth his case here. And Matthew, U.S. Magistrate Judge Matthew J. Whitworth, he don't have a choice in the matter. I mean, he's got to assume that if you are filing a federal case, that you're not lying to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement, Pastor. I mean, yeah, pretty much everything you said is, uh, you know, pretty much what I know. Yeah. So what you do, what you do is that, you know, I don't insist on a DNA test here. I don't insist, you know, but if you, but if you're going to claim to be a person of responsibility, you've got to show your face here. You can't run around like Brian Rio did. And, Oh, no, I'm going to sue you. You showed my Facebook page here. Oh, no, you showed my Zuko.com page. They show that I'm not even remotely wide here. Oh, no, you have, you caused me $10 million of psychotic damage or whatever. You know, I mean, come on. If you're, if you're going to claim to be anything, you've got to show your face here. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, that's what happened with, uh, Jeremy Visser, I, you know, I mean, you know, when I talked to him, he, you know, he, uh, 
he talked about how his mother got tribal benefits here. And, okay. But I guess I didn't quite catch until what? Oh, the 5th of July, 2009, when essentially here's his buddy here, uh, Brian Wright, who me and John Britton run off. You know, showing me he had slant eyes. I mean, he looked like a he looked like a Kazariatite. You know, with slant eyes. And he came back four or five times, and then he called. You know, he called your uncle, and he called Wesley Swift. Called everybody except for himself. A bunch of Mongols. He called Jeremy. He called Jeremy Visser. You know, a Mamzer. And then Jeremy Visser didn't stick up for your uncle. Didn't stick up for Wesley Swift. And then I said, Well, shoot, if you're going to claim to be ordained through the line of Swift and Butler, you know, and then you're going to call them Mongols? I mean, where the hell does that put you, you idiot? So, right, anyway, exactly. You know, well, there, yeah. there, there was another person in the equation with uh, Jeremy Victor, and that was uh, Jonathan Williams. You remember him? Jonathan Williams? Yeah, I don't know. I've seen Jonathan Williams. He looked quite to me. But what was on the Facebook page, I mean, they were all buddy buddies, uh, Eli James, Visser, Everybody was Betty Buddies in you know, Atlanta, Georgia, at Feast of Tabernacles, 2008. A month later, they all fell apart. And exactly. I've been, in this movement. I've been in this movement since 2005. I have not been in this movement as long as you, Pastor, but, you know, I've yeah. learned a lot. And uh, uh, I was dealing with uh, Pat and, you know, Pastor uh, Jonathan Williams and Visser at that point in time trying to um, you know, honor uh, honor our mother's final death wish, and uh, was unable to do it with Visser and and, and uh, Williams, and so therefore, I really don't have any uh, love for him if you if you if you want to put it in that that context. Well, Jeremy, Jeremy, what Williams? What no, what Jeremy, happened? No. Is- Jeremy, what the John, hell was his name? Not Jonathan Williams. No, John, John, Jonathan Williams and uh, uh, Jeremy Visser. Well, you had some of them. They were, last, you know, one of them was a was a cop here. You know what I mean? Sort of like yeah. D.S. Harrell here. Another, you know, another pig who was a preterist. Uh, you know, he was outed as a Zogbot, you know, a number of years. Christian separatist, something like that. He was a preterist. And essentially, Fink's a preterist. Eli James is a preterist. Uh, Visser is more like a Pentecostal linhead. So anyway, he sent me this email. And, you know, pretty well he's mad at me, but he's used to me being, you know, being annoyed at his, you know, at his malungeon ass. But, you know, pretty well he's all mad at Fink because Fink turned on him in uh, 2009. You know, Fink, Fink will scream about Eli James letting in, 15% Canaanite blood. Well, guess what? I mean, what happens Brian Rear is at maximum 33% white, if that. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I'll go ahead and you know, be the 66% club. Here's what you know, Fink is. I mean, Fink's a Jew. But in case Fink turned, Fink turned on the Pitson Possum, so the Pitson Possum decides he's just going to go ahead and send me the heads up here and tell him to look at it real quick. So I go in there, and I, I slurp down page 6, and then I slurp down page 7. You know what I mean? And wow. then I then I decide, well, hell, you know, take the screenshots from the live things, and that's what I do Wednesday night. I Let me see, Wednesday night. No, it's Tuesday night. 
I go ahead and flip down the pages Tuesday night, and there they are. And then yesterday, Fink goes ahead and hides that. He hides that thread, and then he brings it back out, but he purged everything after Lang disappeared in September. He, he, he purges what, you know, where old Alan Rouse asked, what happened to Lang? And then, then Nico, Chris, and this, this Finnish, you know, this Finnish uh, Laplander critter uh, said, hey, Brian Rio, Brian Rio, you know, told Yahweh is sky god, and he's taking dope, and he's doing this, he's doing that. And he doesn't believe in racism anymore and all this good, happy horseshit. So essentially, thank <laughs> Think it, think it, you know, that's why I'm going to call, I'm going to call you know, Rabbi, you know, Bale Finkelstein's, you know, nigger lipscape, you know, because that's what it is here. I mean, you know, think, think is going after the mouth of a known anti-racist activist, mongrel, who essentially, uh, you know, who files bogus, you know, bogus lawsuits. And, you know, I'm going to be trying to send Think and maybe uh, Meerkat Mark Downey into prison here. Uh, I got some, you know, I got some, you know, I got more evidence about Fink here, but maybe I can send old Meerkat Mark to prison too here. They're probably, they're probably listening to the show right now. But, you know, hey, uh, you know, I mean, come on, Fink, who the hell do you think you're fooling here? You know, you're not fooling anybody anymore. They all know what the hell you are, okay? So... (laughs) So what uh, about you? S18's pretty hardcore tonight. I mean, I've been called everything from. Uh, uh, let me go back here. In, in the well, chat, you room. have. You gotta understand. You, you have Nimbuster tards. You have Nimbuster tards. It looks like Mister Sock Puppet finally left the. What happens is I had about you know, what you seen. I had I had this thing in. Then I got an incoming calls from my sister. And essentially, right. okay, I better, I better go ahead and answer it. And then, since I was hung up, why, well, hey, uh, the, uh, you know, the call ended here. But you know, that's what I was mainly going to talk. About. I was going to talk about the first about, you know, the federal judges, where essentially judges and lawyers, why they don't have to be law, they can go ahead and kill anybody they want here. Now they'll call Terry Neff double nut zero, because you know, with a license to kill. You know, because that's who he killed was essentially killed my mother. You know what I mean? You know, maybe not directly, but you know, with his own stupidity, you know, my brother Mike just took it as a, you know, as a feeding, you know, as a feeding, uh, as a feeding uh, thing here. I mean, my family. You know, my my grandmother killed my grandfather, and you know, now my brother has, you know, I mean, essentially told told me, tried to kill me, you know, have me killed. He wanted me killed. He may have killed my dad, and he's definitely killed my mom. I mean, shoot, you have people in family who are killing people for essentially money, but they don't know how, you know, how the hell to really manage themselves here. You know, so I'm I'm, a little bit, I'm pretty well disgusted about that here. It says a man's enemies will be they of his own household, and, you know, probably that's the case here. You know, far more than, you know, Fink has never really, you know, Fink's just a, Jersey City Jew boy pretend to be a Christian identity pastor. You know, the the, the pretense is sort of thin. Old nigger lips, why, you know, he told his Finnish Mongol friend that, you know, that he was essentially only united by hate here. You know, two Mongols united by hate. You know, 
I mean, you know, and then they, and then this delusional Finnish mongrel doesn't know what to say, so he says the truth as he heard Brian Real say it. You know what I mean? And then Frank comes in, he 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 scrubs it clean. You know what I mean? You know, Frank is practicing deception, and folks, this is, I think this is, yeah, I think I think Fink has been. Think has been pretty well finished in Christian Day for a long time. Uh, you'll have a whole bunch of uh, you'll have a whole bunch of Nimbus retards, and that's why I that's why I pretty well allow the Nimbus retards. You can't really you can't really tame a Nimbus retard. You can just sort of oh maybe put a leash on it a little bit here, and it'll it'll go ahead and gack and act and choke and piss and moan and try to piss on your piss on your boots or something like that here while you're dragging it around there. But then, you know, you put a hood over his face here. You got the you got the old choke collar on here. And you turn the choke collar and you <laughs> point the bank here. You know, all that Nimbuster tards here just attack! Unleash the Nimbusters! And that's, you know, that's what happens is that they're sort of my attack tards is what they are. You know what I mean? All right. God, Godfrey Leonard? Huh? Jeffrey Leonard, uh, he's on double not-so-secret probation. How's that here? Uh, yeah. I love to see Animal House with double-secret probation. Well, he's on double non-secret probation. If he gets if he gets too far out of line to where I just simply feel and, you know, absolutely have to mute his ass, I'll mute his ass. And I've done that a couple of times before. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, it's nice to to see Ass-Ass John in the chat. Is he wearing his ass leather chaps from the motorcycle club? And uh, basically the the Aryan Nation man-boy love club. But, you know, I'm not offended by that. I mean, you really can't. I'm not that thin-skinned. Well, yes. And you got to realize here is that there's nothing you can do, especially when you don't have the Nimbus or Tard within pallet slap reach here. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if you if you had Nimbus retard yapping that shit, and you have you know uh, behind the dumpster, and there's usually a pallet slat or you know a broke one some of these broke up pallets around there here, you know, I mean, you can get in trouble with beating their ass with a baseball bat because that determines you know previous intent here. But if you whip their ass with a pallet slat that you just gone ahead and pulled off from the from this pallet and beat his ass here, like, hey, that's a simple assault here. Yeah, maybe a misdemeanor, you know, I mean as long as you don't fuck them up too much here. So uh so there's there's hey, yeah. to without a you know <laughs> Yeah, you know, guess eighteen, uh, SS John. I apologize if I hurt your feelings. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the apology, but I mean, you really can't hurt my feelings. Uh, you know, it doesn't really what, uh, you know, what what anybody really says. Uh, you know, we have a national congress. Anybody that wants to uh, exercise their freedom of speech, uh, I'll give you the date and, and the address of the clubhouse. I mean, that that's all there is to it. You can exercise any any speech you want there, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, that's how, that's how it goes. So, you know, I just, well, yeah. I, uh, then Tards goes to the, to your nation's Congress and they make ass clowns of themselves. And, uh, essentially, uh, I don't think that's going to happen because they're going to expect your SS motorcycle club 
to go ahead, take them back out behind the dumpster, and then beat the shit out of them with pallet flats here. I mean, that's sort of what they're going to expect. So they're probably going to be on their best behavior if they show up in real life. Yeah, you know it, I know it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but yeah. you know, like I said, I, I'm not that thin I mean, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, I wear I wear leather on my Harley. I, I mean, tell me what person does not ride, ride with leather on a Harley Davidson? Uh, I'm sort of scared of you on a motorcycle. I, I, I don't know if you heard the part, but I, I fixed up my quarter-ton Buick here. I went I went to the junkyard. They wanted A6 for a brand-new tire, and they didn't have a rim for it. Uh, this old Oldsmobile, you know, uh, rim wouldn't fit. So I, I went to the junkyard. I had to wait 45 minutes. But they had a tire, and I paid, I think, $26.85 for a, for a uh, well, essentially for a new, for a new uh, Buick, 1990, you know, Buick LeSabre wheel. You know, the hubcap, you know, the hubcap got tore up pretty bad. But uh, for a new 1990 Buick LeSabre wheel and a tire with about, oh, about a quarter-inch tread on it. So that's a pretty good deal for $26.85 here. I don't know if you can buy anything oh, yeah. on Harley for $26.85, can yeah. you? Nah, nah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the sunglasses you wear. I mean, that's pretty much it. But, you know, like I said, I'm not... Thin-skinned. I mean, you know, they, uh, we, we, I, I just did my show, and I came on your show just to, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, because I mean, you're just so, uh, you, you have so, so much information, and you bring back so many memories of what the, you know, my family had said in the past. I mean, and just names and, um, and things like that. So, I mean, you know, when I can, I get on your show, Pastor, and. Uh, you know, to me, um, uh, I mean, you are uh, a scholar and a gentleman, and and off, you know, I mean, basically, uh, basically, what I'm trying, I've been up since 5 a.m., so I'm a little on the war outside. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you, you do a good job, uh, dual seed, seed line, Christian identity, uh, you know. Yeah, we got a lot of lame-ass uh, num- nimbusters, you know, uh, on your show and my show. And Butler was a dog operative, you know. I don't think that anyone would have a bit of problem if, say, nimbus retards came to your Congress and they ran your mouth and then you just took them out behind, behind the, you know, the camp yard next to the, you know, next to the dumpster, and then beat their ass with a pound slide. I don't think anybody would say a single thing other than say what. <laughs> and I think them mustard tards know that as well here. So uh, I don't know. I, I've never seen a them mustard tard yet who would say, "Please, I think I deserve an ass whipping." For me running my mouth like a tart in the chat room, I think I'm going to go to the Congress and get my, you know, get get the ask open I have coming. Long since here, plus interest here. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe it will here. Maybe it will. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if they if they really want to be uh, uh, something other than a keyboard Nazi, then uh, or uh, I, I call them keyboard Jews now. 
Uh, get 18, uh, you don't even know how to spell current. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know what your IQ is. Mine's 156. Uh, you know, get it right, boy. You know what I mean? Okay. In any case, if you mess up a Harley Davidson wheel, it probably caught you know wheel and tire. It probably cost more than twenty six dollars and eighty five cents to fix it, wouldn't it? Um, you're looking around five hundred bucks. Well, that's a lot more than twenty six. You know, I got, I got a nineteen ninety, I got a nineteen ninety, uh, you know, uh, officially used rim. You know, it came from a, it may came from a Skylark or something like that. They made them from nineteen eighty five to. Nineteen ninety one, but it cost me what twenty five twenty six dollars and eighty five cents to uh, you know that that rim was that rim was somewhat bent toward the end and the tire was a little bit sliced. So essentially, I got me a tire with about a quarter inch of uh, about a quarter inch of uh, tread still on it here. I mean, all over. I mean, it was it was pretty good. It was a pretty good tire, used tire and a pretty good wheel and. I jacked it up here, and then I asked them if they wanted a, a spare bent wheel with a uh, with a tire. Which, see, what happens is that if you air it over what twenty five pounds or twenty pounds, it would leak. It would leak here where it got a little bit uh, messed up here. See, I I hit this I hit this curb here. Uh, it was snowing last week here, and I had ten blocks instead of fifteen cinder blocks or concrete blocks in my car and. Since I tried to, you know, hit the brakes here, but essentially the car just kept on going, hit this curb about five mile an hour or something, and uh, broke the hubcap off and all that. So I had to. I mean, the thing was acting sluggish here, so I, uh, I got a, uh, no, I got a new, new to me tire, new wheel, and new tire for twenty six dollars and eighty five cents here. So I don't know. I, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna stick to my music. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm coming. Uh, Harley Davidson's basically the Cadillac of motorcycles, anyway. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, so. Uh, probably is. I mean, but I, I really, I had a friend who was in the army. He'd have these Kawasaki's and Suzuki's, and they would go what zero to sixty in about what four or five seconds here, and you, you know, you're hanging off for dear life to him, and hope he knows what the hell he's doing here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we we had we had a, we had a Harley Dream here that was about 20 years old when we bought it. Uh, essentially, it was on its last legs, and it would putt 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 putt. It was hard to start here, and you know I, I went ahead and I you know I went ahead and it cost us a hundred dollars here between for both of us here. I bought me a Harley Dream, and uh, it's still at the farm I think in pieces or something like that here. Not Harley Dream, a Honda Dream. You know what I mean? From 1960, early 60s or something like that. So I, I used to own a motorcycle, but uh, heck, it could get up to about 20, 25 mile an hour, maybe faster. But I never got above 20. You know what I mean? So I guess I just am not a motorcyclist here. What to say? You know, I do. I have got, I have got my Honda up to about 85 or 90 though. But uh, hey, I I really don't want to. Uh, I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really want to. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I you know, and that that's another thing. Like I said before, here I don't think you get a 
Honda tire, a new Honda wheel and tire for what twenty six dollars and eighty five cents. No, so, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I've had my Harley up to one hundred and ten miles an hour, um, and it wasn't even. Uh, I mean, that was only in fourth, fourth going into fifth gear. So I mean, you know, now they're six feet, but uh, Harley's gone a long ways, and a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, uh, this is actually my first Harley. I've I've ridden the uh, the Kawasaki's, um, you know. I've ridden the Suzuki's and uh, my knees and my back. And you know the fact that I'm getting older, um, you know, I, I can't ride and stand in that and uh, you know put it, be put in that position for long periods of time. Now I can ride uh, my Harley from Oklahoma to uh, you know Illinois. Um, in a day, and and be able to get up and walk off that bike and and be and be fine, but um, I couldn't do that on, you know, like my uh, my old FZR one thousand. There's there's no way. Well, you have a real big car like a Kia Metro. You you drive say two hundred forty miles up, you know, two hundred forty miles up to you know to Jefferson City, and then you drive. That back here, you're driving about 500 miles a day in a little bitty Geo Metro. I mean, it will wear you. It will. It will make you sell. It'll make you tired at the cellular level. I mean, the road. Right. You know, the smaller the car here. Now, say a Cadillac, a big ass old Cadillac. Uh, it's so smooth riding here that you don't really get tired. You know, like you do on driving the damn Geo. And say a, uh, you know, say a uh, Buick. Well, yeah, you might get tired driving a ways here, but if you have something like even, say, a uh, oh, a six-cylinder Pontiac Le Mans here, you won't get tired as you much you will driving a, a freaking Geo Metro here. I don't know if you have you, I mean, as a motorcycle like that, too, to where you'll just get exhausted if you have to go very, you know, over several hundred miles then. Well, yeah, because I mean, on um, on the on the jet bikes like the Kawasaki's and Suzuki's, I mean, you know, I, I've been, you know, guess um, uh, 18 says he has a 300 horsepower Kawasaki Ninja H2R. Well, and he's done 170 miles an hour on it. But I mean, okay, yeah, that that's great um, that you can do that. But on the other side of the coin, I'm I'm too old to be doing 170 miles an hour. Uh, on a motorcycle anymore. Uh, basically, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, when it comes down to the ninjas and and you know the katanas, you know, back in my era, um, you know, you you can't ride them uh, at an elder age. You know, an older age with knee problems. I mean, I got runner's knee. I got tennis elbow. Um, so I mean, it, it, to to ride a Harley, yeah, it's kind of like uh, riding a Cadillac because I mean, I mean, you have crash bars and highway pegs, and you have two different positions that you can ride in, um, you know, and, and and just keep going. Um, and and yeah, I, I mean, I used to ride. Like, it's not it's not a problem to ride five or six hundred miles a day uh, in, in my condition on a Harley Davidson. Okay. Well, I I don't know. I my my friend who was in the army, he bought them because they were real fast motor. I mean, they were real fast motorcycles. They would just, you know. And 
I don't know. I you know I did own a Honda, a real old Honda, but no, I've never wanted to get above twenty mile an hour on one of them things anyway. You know what I mean? And so, oh, well, I, I sort of like a, I sort of like a, you know, like that now that Buick. I like that Buick. It has plenty of power to carry them cinder blocks. Uh, you know, it was getting pretty snowy, and I probably should have headed out. Uh, sooner here rather than linger at the Walmart, but uh, hey, I got that Buick. Uh, I got that Buick working just fine here now. Uh, so, in any case, uh, I'll get I'll get my pickup truck uh, running as well. I have a Ford F50, uh, 1978 Ford F50. Uh, it, you know, it's a half ton, but actually looks like a three quarter ton. So. Uh, you know, pretty well get the Ford pickup running, and then get you know I have the Buick running now. Now I got a new tire and rim on it, so hey, things are looking good here. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, I'm looking at the chat here. Some of the cars are having fun. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Finkelstein's, uh, uh, you know, uh, nigger lips gate because you know, Brian Rio. Brian Rio has always been an anti-racist, activist, mong lawyer. He's been delusional that he's pure white, and so is Fink. Uh, but Fink, you know, Fink's a Jew. I mean, there's nothing here. There's no getting around that. So you have all these characters, and they show up, and they're not what they pretend to be. And they don't preach what they're supposed to preach. How can they? They're not what they pretend to be. And so, right. you know, so as a result... Uh, you know, I there's quite a few people who are quote Christian identity. About three quarters of them are Herbert W. Armstrong remnants, and uh, you know I don't I don't you know some of them like Gerald Flurry and David Pack and maybe Ron Meredith. I don't I don't know if you knew anything about the Worldwide Church of God, uh, you know situation, but. Uh, what they used to have is they used to have Herbert. I used to call them Herbert Hollow, you know, Herbert's Hollow Men. And essentially, they went to Ambassador College and they became ministers and they were pretty well under Herbert Armstrong's thumb. He could kick them out anytime they wanted. They had a they had a job where they would have a leased car. They would have a, they would have a rented house. And pretty well what they would do is that they would live on top of the uh, sheep here and tell people, send all their money to uh, Herbert W. Armstrong, Post Office Box 1111, Pasadena, California, whatever the hell the address was. And you'd have people who would give any given year 30 to 30, 40% of their income. And they weren't rich people, but they certainly weren't going to be rich by giving Herbert Armstrong 30 to 40% of their income. And Herbert Armstrong just raked that money in. You know, the individual people were nice people, but you'd have what I call Herbert's hollow men here. Oh, he would preach British Israelitism, you know, just basic British Israelitism from what? Uh... 1912 era is the U.S. and British Commonwealth and Prophecy in 1975 or 1972 or, or what it will be like. Well, after 1972 came and nobody went to Petra, 
And then 1975 came, nobody went to Petra. The joke was, well, uh, whatever here it is in now. And then they went ahead and they, you know, took that book in. But you had quite, you had, I remember the mid-70s, pretty well here, 75, 76. You had 156,000 people attending the Feast of Tabernacles in about eight or nine feast sites in the uh, you know in the United States and Canada. And you had about another two or three thousand scattered. You know, well, another four or five thousand you know in England, and then oh, about another two or three thousand like in South Africa, or the Philippines, or whatever. And they they preach British Israelitism. Which is well, Chris Sandage believes that uh, Western and Northern Europeans have lost ten or twelve, you know, thirteen tribes of Israel. So you have here, you still have the remnants of Herbert Armstrong's church, you know, whatever splinter group it is. And pretty well, that's where my brother met his wife here. She, you know, she, her and her mother. And they went to uh, Herbert Armstrong's church. You know, and that's where my brother met her, or something like that here. But in any case, old Herbert, he gave his church to some Jews named Tekatch, and they looted it. And now, you know, now there's hardly anybody there, and pretty well they sold Ambassador College and looted everything that they could out of it. And you have a bunch of splinter groups left here, and I don't think they send hardly any money you know, to, uh, well, they some send money to Gerald Flory out of what, Norman or Edmond, Oklahoma? And some of them send to, uh, money to Dave Pack in Wadsworth, uh, Ohio, and, uh, you have a few other little splinter groups. But, you know, that's, that's what you have. So as a result, I, I don't get down on what I call, what other people call, quote, heresies, because you have all these people who believe a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, all sorts of stuff here. But what I what I try to stick with is just the basic, you know, and belief here. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's who I think has pretty well been the best ever dual seed line Christian identity teacher. Uh think, you know, think he's he's really just he's just a Jew and I mean I, I you know I mean pretty well it's understood he's just a no devil Jew is what he is. That's you know, that's all he is. He doesn't believe there is a Satan here. So he belongs with Mark Downey and I think his Jewish wife Debbie. And that's what you have. That's what you have. Uh you don't really have any you don't really have anybody really preaching, you know, preaching uh, dual seed line Christian identity. I, li- I like Dewey Tucker, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really preach. Well, he doesn't even like calling it Christianity here. He, uh, you know, much less Christian identity. So, you know, he can call it whatever he wants here. But I really like listening to Dewey. But I don't, I don't, I don't agree with him. You know what I mean? Right. Who who do you know up in Edmond, Oklahoma? There's a guy named Gerald Flory, Philadelphia Church of God. Up in Edmond, Oklahoma. Huh? Up in Edmond, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Go look up Philadelphia Church of God. 
Gerald Flurry, Edmond, Oklahoma. He has set up his own little ambassador college club, so to speak. And pretty much, you know, pretty much he he runs it just like old Herbert did. Send all your money to Gerald if you want to do that, okay? Oh, no, I'm not sending any money, but I'll look him up. <laughs> well, you want to look him up here, but I don't know. Here. Uh, you know, as long as you're not uh, used to be a Worldwide Church of God member, they'll probably want you to come in and give them some money, but... Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it here. Uh, you know, I don't know if, you, if you're close to a computer, you might type up Philadelphia Church of God. And what 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 they did is that when old Herbert died in 1986, he gave it he gave it to this Jew named Joseph Takach Sr., who gave it to Joseph Takach Jr., who pretty well looted the. You know, looted and sold off all the assets here, and then they changed from British Israelite to where now they're Grace Evangelical Association, and they have about maybe ten thousand members. They, you know, they pretty well looted the, they pretty well looted everything that Herbert Armstrong had stolen from uh, people who sent him money. Uh, but in case uh, the thing about Gerald Flurry is that. Oh, he uh, he tried to print reprint Herbert Armstrong's stuff, and the the uh, the catches sued him, and it went through it went through a whole bunch of litigation, and then the catches figured out well why in the world should I fight with Gerald Flurry here? Let's just go ahead and sell him Herbert Armstrong's books, and you know all Herbert Armstrong all the stuff that Herbert Armstrong made. Let's just sell it for about, oh, about a million or two dollars, whatever we can get for it. I mean, they already sold in Master College in Big Sandy and Pasadena and Brickenwood, England. Why not sell these Herbert Armstrong books, the rights of the books here, to Gerald Flurry? Well, they sold for some for some sum <clears throat> between one and three million dollars. And now Gerald Fleury will get on your ass if you sell some of Herbert Armstrong's shit from uh, back in the day. <laughs> so that's you know that's the sort of that's the sort of thing. Now Herbert Armstrong plagiarized everything from the Church of God Seventh Day, which was originally based in Stanbury, Missouri. You know, in the early 1900s. And in case you don't know where Stanbury, Missouri is, it's around, it's in northern Missouri, around one of these cornfield counties, of which the county seat is Bethel, uh, Bethel, Missouri. And I think they only have about maybe five or 6,000 people in the entire county. You know what I mean? It's right. Pretty, it's pretty sparse. <laughs> I mean, that church I bought is up, you know, is up, you know, up that away. So in any case, uh, in any case, I'm going to talk to my sister tomorrow about a few things here. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I've I, I pretty well kept up with what's going on in the bowel movement, and you know, pretty well think he he deleted that, but I still got screenshots to where 
Brian Rio tells another meal, finished mongrel, that uh, he's still smoking dope. He's still smoking opium and weed and LSD. And <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if old Nico Christian has been banned yet from thinking she needs yet. But old Jeremy Vester, he caught up with that here and you know, he's been fighting, you know, Fink's been fighting with him since May of last year when he had this one character. Uh, he he did a DNA test and found out that he was 1.75% non-white, and his wife, who looked whiter than he was, was 3% non-white. And so he goes ahead and prints that. And, you know, shoot, these DNA testing companies are usually run by Jews anyway, and they have, what, a 7 to 10%? They have a seven to ten percent, you know, uh, error rate. So essentially, unless you know, unless you're like corn cob, you know, who you know, I think corn cob looks like a Craig cob looks like a Jew. You know, I'd say you know he he found out he had fourteen percent nigger, you know, nigger <laughs> Barker genes, which would be well, like they say, even the blondest blue-eyed Jew has what five to fifteen percent Negro marker genes. So, old corn cob is fourteen percent nigger and eighty-six percent Jew boy. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that here. Trader Glenn Miller on Monday, on Monday and Tuesday, he had he had a preliminary hearing, and guess what? A one a one-armed Jew boy. Did, did not shoot those people that Trader Glenn Miller gunned down. <laughs> uh, Trader Glenn Miller has been, you know, he's had his preliminary hearing, and they have figured out that, that there is reasonable cause to bind Trader Glenn Miller over for a full-fledged trial. You know what I mean? So <laughs> let's see. It's taken. It was was taken damn near eleven months. To have a preliminary trial for Trader Glenn Miller to display the obvious, you know what I mean? The right. obvious that you know, I, I think Trader Glenn Miller, you know, he was dying. He was not in good shape. You know, he'd been, you know, his his poor old liver and his lungs were about to give out on him, and so he. He goes ahead and he talks to the Zog pigs and say, "Well, hey, uh, how about a last, you know, James Bond Bond and me? How about a last hurrah for me here? You know, as a mad dog killer." And so they say, "Well, as long as you don't actually go in and kill any even old Jews here, you can gun down whatever you find at the parking lot." And then after you've done your shooting rampage here, just drop your guns and say, "How Hitler," and we will have a little show trial for you. And so that's what I, I believe the Trader Glenn Miller uh, essentially had this thing all arranged with Zog Babylon, just like the, uh, what, Selbyville, you know, uh, Jew faggot uh, bookstore, you know, hit where he went ahead and shot this, uh, you know, went ahead and killed this Jew faggot who was blackmailing him because he uh, he was uh, screwing this nigger named Peaches, you know, training name, nigger training named Peaches, and uh, a few other Anglo mestizos and uh, he went ahead and shot five, you know, five people and killed three of them and only wounded, you know, two of them here. And so that was another Zog catch here. And Trader Glenn Miller really has been quite the killer. But anyway, they uh, they said that there was reason to believe 
that he had uh, they had something to do with that shooting in uh, Overland Park. But uh, actually, Trainer Glenn Miller, I think, is living longer than what he was should have because I don't think they're going to let him drink or smoke in the in the jail. Do you? I don't think they're going to let him drink or smoke in the Johnson County Jail. So, hell, that that drunken, lumpy, malungeon rat's liver and lungs have caught a break. You know what I mean? They've gotten they were they they were they were on the death row. They were on the death row far more than Trader Glenn Miller was here. You know what I mean? You know his liver and lung, his lumpy, malungeon liver and lungs have. Essentially, you know, they're with Trader Glenn Miller, but they're no longer on the death row. You know, they're no longer, you know, <laughs> on the death row as much here. I mean, that that old that worthless old bastard looks healthier than probably what he did a year ago. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, according according to chat now, I'm a doorknob and whatever. You're a doorknob. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the hell a doorknob means. You know what I mean? Yeah, me neither. And it it really doesn't matter. I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) Support John Friend's free speech? I don't know what the hell that's about here. Uh, Yeah. Guest 24 before he leaves. Who's guest 24? Oh, you have all sorts of, you have all sorts of tards. Doorknob equals retard. Well, you know, with an IQ at 159, I I very seriously doubt uh, uh, that you can really classify me as that. Mm. So so where did you hear you got a 157 IQ at? I tested in high school and college. Oh, Okay. I just was wondering. I, I, I'm a liar. Now, now I'm a liar. When I was in the army, <laughs> was in the army you, they have you take a, well, this is basic here. Uh, suppose they had a GT score of 147, which was pretty well what the IQ, you know, the IQ equivalent is. But in any case, uh, yeah, I used to, you know, I was a fire direction control for the Lance missile system. Uh, well, Lance missile battery. And these were the battalion I was in was uh, nuclear missiles here. But in any case, uh, let's see what else here. I think I pretty well talked about Trader Glenn Miller uh, about uh, Finkelstein Gate and pretty much what I need to do. I need to follow Rule 59E motion and. You know, tonight I'll work on it, and then tomorrow I'll work on it, and then Saturday I'll mail it off, and if need be, I'll call them. I'll call them Monday, and if they don't got it, I'll just have to run to Springfield and uh, file it myself then. Okay? So, yeah. all right. I'm taking shots every time Morty says any case here. Well, that's true. You'll have a drunk, you know, pistol sock possum, won't you? Okay? So I'm looking I'm looking at the uh, chat here. Now guess they came and called me a punk. Hmm? Guess they came and called me a punk. Wow. Well, maybe maybe he'll come visit you. Maybe he'll come visit your Congress. And you and the rest can just take them out behind by wherever you hold the Congress at, 
and you know my my dumpster here. I mean, usually in many cases we have a dumpster, you know, especially a commercial dumpster. You have a pallet, you have a broken down pallet or two here. You know what I mean? And then pallets, yeah. then pallets can produce about oh about you know at least eight or nine pallet slats here, and uh, you can you know. Usually those pallet slats are made out of good aged oak wood. Now some are made out of pine. They're not as good here, but you'll get a good oak or hickory pallet slat, and you can beat the crap. You can just beat the little dog shit. You know, at least ninety five percent of the dog shit out of a nimbuster tart with a good aged oak or hickory pallet slat. I'm sure you could, right? Right. Well, yeah, I'm watching actually what uh, Jeff Fankin uh, put up here as far as a link. And, uh, well, guess 18, uh, it's basically showing me a bunch of KKK members and everything else, which uh, uh, I, I don't think you uh, realize that um, the uh, ANSSMC president is ex-KKK and uh, turned to the Aryan Nation uh, a so I, I don't know where, well, I guess I got a snake or something in there now. Ooh, big whoopee-doo. But uh, uh, I, I'm just watching this. It's kind of it's kind of comical, uh, you know, in my aspect. Uh, yeah, I just, the kid club. Oh, now it's a kid club. But uh, whatever. I mean, you know, uh, and and somebody earlier said that uh, the that Stormfront would save the white race. Well, um, I, I don't know about you, Pastor, but I think the white race is going to save the white race. I, I don't think it's going to be a certain entity. I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it's going to have to be a, a, a collaboration and uh, unification in some way, shape, or form uh, to uh, unify and uh, get off the fence. Uh, T.I. Sex Slaves. Wow. Well, okay, I'm getting out of that shit. But, uh, you know, uh, to me, I, I don't know. Well, I think it, it, Yahweh, it's, it's, I, I think Yahweh, and I think Christ will save Yahweh's servant nation. It says that he will return. You know, and unless he returned, no flesh should be saved here. Now, he's not worried about nigger flesh. He's not worried about nuke flesh. He's not worried about Brian Rio or Finkelstein or Jew flesh. He's only worried about the flesh of, you know, the flesh of his people. So I've, you know, unlike, unlike a lot of, quote, white nationalists, I, I don't really worry about the future of, Yahweh's servant nation. I, you know, I, I know that eventually we will do what needs to be done, and Yahweh will, Yahweh will bring Christ back at the end of seven years of the great tribulation. Right. So, yeah, and I believe that also. You know. Okay. So generally, you know. <laughs> Guest number twenty two was having fun with me. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> Carb Hunter Carb Hunter is really good on these here little uh you know, these little uh, smiley cons or whatever here. He's pretty good with them. Uh no, I'm not I'm not encouraging violence here, but on the other hand, 
uh, let's say a Nimbus retard shows up and show you know shows his ass, shows his ass. Why? You know, a little bit, a little bit of, a little bit of oh tenderizing, you know, with a palate flat could be very much in order here. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't see anything. Better <laughs> 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 see anything. <laughs> Is those the one of the cards here? Hmm? I guess guess eighteen says I'm Ti now. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, I mean now, targeted, targeted individual. Well, you know I'm a targeted individual by running a uh, show on Talk Two, um, being the voice of the NSSFC, uh, You know, being a dual ambassador. So I mean, being targeted, I, I really don't care. You know, guys. What's the, uh, what's the number, uh, what's the number in, in John? What's the number of your show again? You know, I'm, I'm all uh, right now. One three zero four three four, I believe. Okay, and that's what the SSANMC or something like that. ANSSMC. So how's the how's the brethren? How's the brethren? Are they doing okay? Oh. You know, uh, Pastor, if I can elaborate, uh, these cards on here that are talking so much smack, I mean, it's it just, it, it's unreal. We are we are moving forward. Um, we're basically uh, signing up uh, new organizations. Um, you know, we're, we're in the works on several other organizations uh, that uh, I can't elaborate or talk about uh, because they're not affiliated with us as of yet. Uh, whether they fly under our banner or fly under as a sovereign nation, um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, what what matters is white unity and 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 white movement. Um, you know, it's it's just something I I can't really elaborate at this point in time. But uh, but we're moving forward and we're we're really really doing good. And um, and and that's really all I can really say. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's people out there, and and Pastor, I mean, you do a lot to you know move the white movement, and uh, that, that that's why I have so much respect for you and and your knowledge and uh, expertise in in the field and everything else. Uh, well, uh, I've been there but, for over twenty years, not as long as Harold Covington, but. Generally, I've seen I've seen it before. I've seen it before the internet really came out in 1995. You know, for about right. two years, and pretty well, what you're dealing is you're dealing with say survivalists. You're dealing with a number of people who have, in many cases, you know, who who dropped out, who dropped out before Waco came about. And they see what happened to Ruby Ridge. They see what happened at Waco, and they were they were not surprised. And pretty well had uh, oh had some agreements, you know, that they were going to join this militia. Well, they were right. I was wrong. They, you know, two days after me and this other guy, you know, uh, in the one around what Jasper County and Newton County, and you know, to a limited extent, McDonald County, they're you know, they're saying, well, uh, you know, Robert, uh, you know, Martin, we're not going to join your militia. I mean, essentially they're saying that, 
Uh, this is Timothy Ray is from the Michigan militia. He hung around that, and we don't need we don't need this stuff. You cannot change the world. Nothing's going to change. It's just going to get worse. Uh, we're not going to join your militia. And they, you know, pretty well about 120 to 160 people who were being represented by about five or six, you know, individuals who I would call warlords or you'd call gang leaders or whatever, clan leaders, whatever. They really weren't clans, and they were mainly survivalist types. And they wanted to essentially, they didn't think there was a political solution. This was back in 1995. Well, now today, I estimate you have two and a half to three times as many survivalist groups. You know, they, they don't call themselves militia anymore. You know, a few people do, but most of them don't. They're just simply people who understand that, you know, our cultural Stalingrad came and left a long time ago. And what I do, you know, by my various lawsuits, by this or that, is to destroy what little legitimacy remains to where, okay, white supremacists cannot run for office. Why should we pretend that they have any such thing? Uh, earlier, earlier this week, there was this character who was running for governor, who was a state auditor, and his name was what is Swyrich or something like that. He was a state auditor, and he is whining like a pussy because his grandpa was a Jew boy, you know, a pure blood Jew boy. So he's a Michelin of some sort. And here is the head, new head of the Missouri Republican Party named John Hancock, and he is a worthless piece of shit. Well, he's, he's wanting, because he's working for this billionaire, he's wanting this, you know, he's wanting this worthless bitch. He used to be a U.S. attorney named Catherine Hannaway or something like that. He's wanting her to be governor. But, you know, pretty well the Jew boy has gotten a good reputation as author of cleaning up a bunch of local crooked uh, County and city, uh, you know, criminals were stealing from taxpayers. So it looks like he's the the top one. Well, anyway, he takes a lesson from me. Uh, back in 2002, I was wanting to run for the first time as a Republican as Martin Mad Dog Linstead against Jim No Talent, who looked like he's part gook. And they won't allow me to be on the ballot as Martin Mad Dog Linstead 2002. Well, anyway. I'm causing trouble for that, and since I am a running as a Republican, this local little—I think he's a Jew boy too—named Nikki Myers, who's the who's the Newton County Republican, you know, county chairman. I'm the Newton County, you know, Libertune, you know, chairman. But anyway, I was running as a Republican, so he had to allow me to speak. But he went ahead and cut me off, cut me off here because uh, he was scared I was talking about what a bunch of worthless bastards Republicans were. So well, I go down there, and the only reason he allowed me to speak was that his buddy was a guy named Jay Kessler, who I believe was a St. Louis Jew boy. And I said, are you going to allow him to do that here? He said, well, I don't have any control of him. I said, what do you mean you don't have any control? He's your campaign manager, Nicholas Meyer, CPA. What do you mean you don't have any control of him? By the way, are you a Jew? Are you a Jew? You know? 
uh, and he denied being a Jew. Well, I think he was a Jew. So what I did is I got all mad about it. I I, uh, I went ahead and took the transcript, put it up on my webpage, and I said I said to people, I said, look, Jesus Christ had a Jew as his treasurer. Look how good that ended up here. So pretty well, I started a whispering campaign against this Jew named Jay Kanzler who was running for state auditor. Well, at that time, they had a character named Al Hansen. You know, he was a Swede or something like that. In any case, uh, he won. You know, he only paid $500 uh, on his campaign, whereas the Jew boy, Kanzler, had spent about $60,000 on his campaign for state auditor. And, you know, what happens is that everybody thought he was a Jew. You know what I mean? I put up on one page, I think this character's a Jew boy. Don't vote for a Jew. You know, Christ had a Jew as treasure. Look how good that ends up for him. And what happens is little Al Hansen who spent $500, he beat, he beat the Jew boy by a margin of two to one in the Republican primary. Well, a week or so later comes by, and uh, what happened to found out is that Al Hansen had been, uh, he had spent three years in federal prison for securities fraud. But he had turned his life away, started a prison ministry, and essentially he, from my guy, he was an honest man, or at least he was a crook who got caught. I mean, Jerry, Jerry if you're going to vote for a crook, you want to have one who at least got caught. He wasn't very good at crookedness. So what was what was funny though? What was funny though is here's the Republicans. They decide they you know since their little Jew boy didn't win, you know, and you know, this other guy who doesn't owe them shit here did win. They decide to throw the race and support this bitch who was a Jackson County prosecutor who's running. You know she's she's a bitch politician. Guess what her name is. Claire McCaskill. <laughs> and she had run she'd run against the Boob Holden and I had a little bit of something to do with that here. She'd run against Boob Holden for governor and she'd lost the Democrat primary, but in two thousand two she gets she gets elected state auditor and since she the state auditor is the one statewide job which is out of sync with the governor, lieutenant governor, treasurer and usually U.S. Senator or whatever here, she has a free reign, she has a free ride to run in, what, in, what, 2006? She has a free ride to run for United States Senator. And she beats, she beats old Jim No Talent, and she becomes a senator. And guess what? A decade later, in 2012, you know, here's this guy named Todd Aiken who tells me to watch what I say. He goes ahead and he talks about how a woman's body has a defense against rape here a week after he wins the primary, in which he's been supported by Claire McCaskill. And the Republicans turn on poor old, poor old Todd Aiken. They don't support him. And guess what? That bitch gets reelected, gets reelected again by the Republicans. By the Republicans going ahead and throwing the election. The Republicans do that shit. You know what I mean? Claire McCaskill, 
Claire McCaskill has probably been elected with more Republican votes than Democrat votes. You know what I mean? <laughs> is Pfizer a sock puppet uh, Jeremy Pfizer? No, no. First of all, his name is Visser. It's, it's, a, right. it's a Dutch it's a Dutch Sephardic name which means Fisher. Uh essentially, you know, dumbass old uh you know, Wick the Dick calls him uh calls him Visor. I, I think deliberately, I don't know why. Uh the old you know, essentially uh Mr. Sockpossum is a Mimbus retard. Okay? Oh, okay. Uh is a Nimbus retard. Hmm? Who? Nigger puke Marty Chomo is a Nimbus retard. Oh, I figured that out. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought maybe uh, uh, Bitzer socked up it was uh, Jeremy Bitzer, but uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's uh, a, you know, what happens? What happens is that if it says Pastor underscore Visser, that's that's the old pisser possum. If it's Emily Baldwin eighty eight, it's it's Jeremy Visser, or it might be Bridget the Idiot. Uh, yeah, pretty well, I didn't like Pisser Puffs to come on the movement turd. And we can go on about, uh, you know, finding out old Nigger Lips Brian Rio is, uh, Nigger Lips Brian Rio is none other than a, you know, especially a mongrel. Uh, think, think would get mad here when I would, you know, when one of the Nimbusters would, do a Photoshop with Fink and Rio in the same you know, in the same car because Rio isn't white. Rio definitely isn't white. And I think I think this latest I think this latest uh, thing. I mean, Fink just went ahead and purged it here before it shows up in court papers. If it shows up in court papers, he could get in trouble for uh, essentially taking down you know taking down court evidence here. But. Uh, Anyway, let's see. I don't know who Guest 22 is. Guest 22, man, you, you, you just kind of made my night. This is good therapy for me. You know, uh, basically when I run my show, I, I you know, I try to um, keep it tame and um, and, and, it's for, and to be informative. Uh, uh, it, you know, the, the center of abuse, I guess it's good for me. When, when I, I, you know, I, I'm not thin-skinned, so, I mean, uh, well, it's I not something I have to learn to live with. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, people that are thin-skinned take offense to everything that anybody posts. Well, you know, if I if, if I don't know who's posting what, uh, or, or you just a guest, or you know somebody that's in in chat that's uh, well, that has here, let, me, a, let, me, a let me let me show you let me show you something here. Let's see what happens. Nigger puke Marty Chomo went ahead and imitated Carb Hunter. You know what I mean? So oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, I went ahead and blocked him just to go ahead and see if that was the case. And sure enough, was he'll be back. You know the critter will probably be back here. Uh, Generally, generally about the only time I mute somebody, uh, don't be a zombie was really bad about you know cursing Christ and Yahweh. So I got so I got so essentially I banned him for ten shows. But if he if he uh, if essentially if he caused too much trouble, that you know, one of them shows wouldn't count. Anyway, I got the end of ten shows, and then I went ahead and unmuted him here. 
And he didn't really have anything to say. So I don't know if he disappeared or what he did or he decided to change his act or something like that. I generally, you know, at the very start here, Mr. Sock Sock Puppet was going to act like an ass clown. And I, I went ahead and unmuted him last. But, you know, sort of like Jeffrey Leonard, uh, you keep an eye, you keep an eye on the chat. If it gets, if it gets too much out of hand, gets too much out of hand, you know, I just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mute them for that show, or maybe even mute them for a couple more shows. Essentially, tell them behave. But usually, I just pretty well let the tards, let the tards run wild within, within some sort of reason. I, I'm really. I'm really lax about the chat room. I pretty well let the tards mostly run wild on my show. You know what I mean? It's totally different. Frankel, she, Frankel, she, you know, I mean, I have the Nimbuster tards. See, you can't be too much of an asshole. You got to let the Nimbuster tards be tards on my show. So then what they'll do is they'll wait for Fink and they'll just ambush. They'll just, they'll just shit all over Fink because Fink will, you know, Fink will, Fink and Brian Real, they would close, you know, they would they would close their old chat room closer than their sphincter when it was at rest here. They would just simply right. just just I mean, they would not allow anything. I, I tell Papa Cat, if you even said a tenth of the tenth of the less than totally worshipful things, you know, on Fink's show, you would be muted here. About three weeks ago, uh, there was one of Fink's Mongol Tards called It's Almost Too Late. And It's Almost Too Late had done something to where Fink called him a clown and blocked him. It's Almost Too Late. He showed himself to be a clown. Here's a, here's Almost Too Late. He's sort of hanging around, hoping for forgiveness from Fink. Figures out that Jew boy ain't going to forgive him. He just, he just disappears. You know, so in any case, uh, you don't... Uh, you know, you don't worry about here. I don't think SS John's going to troll anybody. Uh, tomorrow night, you let me see. I, I like listening to Tom Bowie. I don't agree with Rich Uberos or whatever, uh, but uh, you know, I like listening to their show as well. Sometimes I listen to Elier's show, but all Elier does is just, well, he just talks about all sorts of stupid shit, which... He'll he'll go ahead and he's gone through the book of Jasher. He's gone through the book of First Ezra's and Second Ezra's, and you know, he 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 just reads stuff like think he think think will go find some book and he'll read it. You know, him and Brian used to read Wikipedia articles about Hitler. That's what they did, and you no, know, I don't I don't see too much. I don't see too much. Well, really, well, really. Uh, there's not really, there's not really anything new, you know, that Bertrand Compare didn't really cover in Christian Dante. Now, really, Martin would write big long articles, but he would use ten words, where Bertrand Compare would just use one. You know, his articles were used on average about ten times as much here. And, you know, usually Bertrand Compare covered it the most succinctly of anybody I've ever, you know, I've ever, uh, you know, I've ever read or heard. So, 
you know, when think when think like on November first, two thousand ten. I was talking to Dewey Tucker afterwards. I said, you know, you know, after I found out on October thirteenth at one thirty p.m. that think had been lying to me and the scales fell off my eyes. I figured I was a Jew. I was listening to him talk about how he didn't know who Simon Magus was. Well, Simon Magus was mentioned in the Book of Acts as being a sorcerer who wanted to buy this Holy Spirit. And they said, hey, we're not, you know, your money's going to die with you. Well, there's all sorts of other legends about Simon Magus, and if you're in Christian identity, if you're in Christian identity, you know that Simon Magus was the actual first founding pope of the Roman Catholic Church when it transitioned from being the bell coast of Sibylle to the Roman Catholic Church. So that's who Simon Magus Okay, I'm back, and yes, it was the Beaner phone. <laughs> the Beaner phone, though, helps me play the music section better than the Skype does. Still there, John? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Uh, I, I actually thought it was my phone again. I was like, no, no, no. I mean, the Beaner phone dies dies after an hour and thirty minutes. You you know, Skype will kick you off after four hours. The beer right. phone lasts, I don't care, no matter how good connection. Uh, I, you know, pretty well I looked at how long I'd been recording this, and it said, uh, you know, an hour and 32 minutes. Well, that means an hour and 30 minutes passed, and essentially it just, it just died, you know, it just died when the beater phone died. Uh let me see. I uh, I paid forty three dollars and nine cents for one month. Uh, when uh, the twenty seventh came by, I didn't bother. I didn't bother getting back on the beaner phone till March second or so. So anyway, uh, that's you know that's the size. Where's tattered flag? He's on Skype. Uh, we were. Uh, I listened to old Carolyn Yenta. I listened to old Carolyn Yenta, the Carolyn Yenta show. Carolyn Yeager, she was gloating about how she'd been on, uh, she'd had her heretics hour for five years, and she was talking about her various shows and uh, denying that she's difficult to work in and work with, and sure she is. She's, you know, she's a, she's a, you know, she's a lesbo Yenta skank. Uh, so yeah, she's very difficult to work with. 
let's see, Tattered Flag. Uh, you know, I talked to him for a while. Uh, let's see, he uh, he goes by different names, which he says is not his real name. Uh, he told Roxy his name was Patrick, but then he told me it wasn't Patrick. So then somebody else thinks his first name is George. So maybe it is, maybe it ain't. I I don't really I don't really chase after or spy on my own people. That's why I told Brian Rail, I said, shoot. Uh if if somebody wants to tell me what Fink or Brian Rio or whatever's up to, uh just send me a you know, an email at pastorwinston at gmail dot com and you know, use a use a fake Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail or whatever account. I don't really need to know who you are. Don't really care. And a lot of times, the uh, you know the reason I like TalkShoe is that it allows anonymous chat. I mean, as anonymous as the NSA allows you to have it. Someone, Quite exactly. Someone... I mean. <laughs> The NSA has got everything recorded, and, uh, you know, it, it's like with the Tea Party. You know, we don't know where uh, these, uh, um, you know, emails went. Well, all you had to do was go down to the NSA and, and uh, you know, have them printed them off. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. what, what, what's, the, what's the fucking problem there? You know what I mean? And, I, I mean, I'm just laughing at the shit. I mean, it's, it's just, well, stupidity. Hell, Clinton's right. You can't have anti-terrorism unless you have actual, quote, terrorists. I used to joke. I used to joke. It's sort of saying, I don't know if you, did you ever know this Gerald O'Brien character who was, so he claimed he was ordained by your uncle uh, during the last years of his life. He would get Gerald O'Brien. Now. Used to be, used to be a Roman Catholic. Used to be a Roman Catholic. You know, was a skinhead youth. He went to your uncle's, where your uncle lived, and during the last six months of his life, and Rick Spring allowed him in, even though Rick Spring was a admitted federal, you know, informant. About oh, he admitted to being a federal informant in 2007. So everybody knew he was a federal informant before then. So like Jonathan Williams. I mean. Well, John Williams, Williams uh, and 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 Visser, I, I don't believe that either one of them were actually ordained by Pastor Butler. I could be wrong on Jonathan Williams, they, but I'm they sure. were they were. I mean, Visser, Visser one time said that he was ordained by these Pentecostal lintheads. I think Cardinal was ordained by Morris Gillette. I was ordained by Morris Gillette while I was in jail, and then you had people whining about it. And then more Scalette in order to, I mean, I, I was his Missouri State leader for about, oh. Hey, do you, do you, you realize, do you realize Morris Scalette never met Pastor Butler? Uh, he was ordained um, uh, by documentation only. Well, I, I didn't know that. I mean, Gillette has this Photoshop picture with him, Ray Redfern, and, uh, you know, your uncle. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a Photoshop picture. Yeah, I that's, know. A, yeah, that's not a real picture. picture. Well, I, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, from, from what I gather, see Morris 
you know, there, there's this book called Into the Devil's Den. And Ray Redfern, Morris Collette was really nothing more than a drunken crackhead. He, he'd say stuff like, I've known, more, I've known most since high school, and trouble follows him like a stray dog. And in this book, Morris Collette was just getting in trouble. He'd get in jail. He'd get in trouble. Now, Ray Redford, he'd sort of get in trouble, but he was smart enough to get himself out of trouble. Uh, Gallette was just simply get in trouble, go to jail, get his ass beat by niggers, collect $30,000, get back out, and then the $30,000 would go up his nose here because he was a, he was a drunken crackhead is what Gallette was. And what I don't know, maybe he's a reformed drunken crackhead, sort of like Dumbia Bush here. But, no, I mean, from what I gather, Ray Redfern, you know, uh, Newman Britton married – Oh, Galette and this uh, this woman who ran a shop or something like that, and Galette got all drunk and tore up her shop. And oh, Ray Redford would every so often go and beat Morris Galette's ass to try to teach him, you know, try to teach him some sense. And Galette wouldn't learn anything from it. And eventually, Ray Redford had to, you know, boot Galette out here. And from what I gather. When it came time to come back, when it came time to come back in the in the early aughts, uh, Butler didn't trust Gillette. You know, so he didn't ordain Gillette. So no, that's, no, that's, what I, that's what I found out. He didn't ordain. He if he ordained Gillette, it must have been in the you know 1990s before Ray Redford kicked him out from being a drunken crackhead. You got well, according stuff. according to um, uh, let he's got uh, documentation from uh, Pastor Butler is an ordained minister in his sock drawer. Now I don't know about you, but if I had something from Pastor Butler that ordained me as a minister, I would have that on a plaque on a wall. Yeah. So uh, I, but I don't you, know. You, you see where that maybe you see where that goes. Maybe his sock drawer needs some extra holy, uh, you know, to go ahead and get rid of fleas or cockroaches or something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe his sock drawer is where he needs, where he needs to go ahead and keep stuff like that. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, and a lot of people are in... with cure scrofulous. Why maybe that ordination he supposedly got is going to cure bed bugs and fleas and cockroaches from the socks out of the socks here. You know what I mean? It's good to have good socks here, but usually I just I just leave it at running running through the uh, washing machine. Although my puppy dog got one sock, you know, they choose on. We we play yeah. tug of war with it here. You know what I mean? But right. Uh, in in the case in the case of Gal- in case of Galat here, I mean, he ordained me, and then all these you know these other idiots would bitch and piss and moan about it, and then in order to uh, you know, part of his deal to get, you know, instead of going to trial and getting 30 years from being a drunken crackhead, uh, gloating about robbing banks in Alabama, in order to get six years, he, uh, you know, he sort of threw me under the bus. You know, you know Martin List says ordination is not valid because, oh, he's talking about gelding the spawn of regime criminals and prion poisoning and why, 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 why. Well, Gallette could have read that stuff from 1996, 1997, but, you know, he wanted my $20. 
you know, he wanted to have somebody in Missouri who was his Missouri State head here. Later on, he made right. Liar Bell bump that the clueless uh, his Missouri head, and they figured out Liar Bell was just such a total retard. They kicked him upstairs and then sort of kicked him out. No agenda bender revealed that old Liar Bell uh, got called a retard by Galette and kicked out. So Billy Roper, Billy Roper kicked him out because uh, Liar Bill was talking about doing illegal shit. Uh, you, you go look at Liar Bill's uh, Missouri case net. You see that he took a suspended imposition of sentence in 1996. And he was snitching probably on Rod Edwards for about five years. But as far as Jonathan Williams, after the Feast of Tabernacles, where you had Eli James and uh, and uh, the Pistol Possum, it fell apart within a month. And Jonathan Williams had a Facebook page, and he was showing his fiancée, and she had a niglet. She had a baby niglet. She had another one in the oven. Everybody thought, well, had nigger daddy, too. And then, you know, Jonathan Williams said, no, that's my sister. Okay, what's your sister doing with the niglet? What's your sister doing with the niglet in the oven? And pretty well it wasn't his sister, it was his fiancée. So essentially his fiancée is a mud shark. And, oh, on the 14th of March, you have old sister Cherie. You have, you know, Dan John's, one of Dan John's serial polygamous wives and you end up having Jonathan Williams, and you have another bunch of tards, and they say, Krishna Diddy is a cult. Well, you tards certainly had on the United Church of Yahweh. You certainly didn't say it was a cult, what, four or five months earlier. So that's what happened. You know, that's what happened. And then 2007, Rick Spring admitted that he was a federal informant from day one. Uh People were wondering how come, how come all these people who sent twenty-five dollars plus ten dollars for the first month, they sent thirty-five dollars in an application to join the Aryan Nations and get in the office of some sort from Butler, and everybody said, well, Butler needs some money, and you know, heck, he founded Aryan Nations, you know, why not? You know what I mean? You know, they, nobody right. take it really serious, but if, if somebody wanted to claim you the Aryan Nations, they sent Butler some money, well, fine, you know. Fine. I mean, during the 90s, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. I certainly wasn't going to go to Idaho without any money. Uh, Pretty well, I just, you know, I mean, you know, after 1996, I didn't hide the fact. I didn't hide the fact that I was really Christian identity. But I used to be a one seed liner. And then about 1995, 1996, I, I went ahead and looked into dual seed line belief, and I found that that was, Biblical, not only biblically, but scientifically more accurate. And, and I've been an engineering student, and so science, you know, I mean, science does mean something to me. I don't worship science. And science really doesn't mean much of anything because you have all these people call themselves scientists who are just simply whores and liars, you know, just like, you know, just like preachers and politicians are. But I would, I would look... I would go ahead and look at, uh, I'd just go ahead and, uh, you know, after that, I I was openly, you know, more openly, you know, dual seed line Chris Dante. And so I, I'm looking at stuff from 2000, uh, you know, looking at 1999, emails from 2000, 
emails from 2002 where sci-fi favor is trying to get my attention. Uh, and pretty much I was known as being two seed line. And John Britton came to me in December 2004 after I got booted from Linder's uh, colostomy bag and tard corral uh, for being mean to Trader Glenn Miller. Early 2005, he wanted me to support more Scalette. I said, well, you know, I ain't going to support Wickstrom. I'm not going to support you know, Augie Christ. I'm not going to, you know, so, you know, I mean, you know, who's going to be the next, you know, next support, you know, uh, Ray Redfern as Ray Redfern's dead. So, and Butler is still alive. And in September 2003, I had a chance to go down to uh, all around West Memphis, Arkansas. But I didn't really have the car that would go down, you know, go about what, oh, 200, 200 some miles there and then 200 some miles back. And so uh, I didn't have the money really either. So I waited till Topeka in May 2004. And I, I, I met your. I met your uncle there. Uh, it was pretty well understood that your uncle was pretty well on his last legs. Uh, Billy Roper had taken to taken him around in 2003, 2004. You know, Catch a Lane pulled up stakes in 2003 and sold her David Lane stuff to Billy Roper. And Billy Roper had been kicked out of. Uh, been kicked out of National Alliance by Whigger Swill and Kevin Alfred Strom and Eric Gleeby and the rest here because he was a Christian. Uh, he was the smartest one. He was the smartest one of uh, Pierce's followers. And probably if he had been, if he had been Pierce's successor, it probably would be a National Alliance now. You know, it probably wouldn't be in the shape, you know, it wouldn't be in shape like when Pierce ran it, but it'd still be in better shape than what it is now. Uh, Billy has some organizational ability. And so what he did is he would try to run as this white revolution. He would try to run, he tried to get skinheads and bikers and the rest here, uh, go to his rallies, and then they would play some garage band stuff, and they'd open up a keg of beer. And <laughs> they got joked that Billy Roper was more of a of a concert tour promoter for skinhead rock bands than he was a uh, he was a white nationals leader. But anyway, I yeah, I met Billy Roper and I, I, I still am on good terms with Billy Roper. He uh, he married his he married his Christian identity girlfriend and uh you know, he hangs around Tom Robb, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of Tom Robb, but I don't, have really, I don't really have a problem with Tom Robb. If you like Tom Robb, follow Tom Robb. But uh, in any case, uh, you know, who was there to support? So, you know, here's this guy who's Newman Britton's nephew, and he wants me to support Morris Collette. So I support Morris Collette. You know, but I see a number of things. Collette is... You know, he is hypocritical. He's uh, super sanctimonious. He uh, he does stupid crap here. And uh, you know, no, I didn't. I didn't know about his. I didn't know about the Harold Grooms thing until I was in the nut house and I had to sort it out. And 
No, shoot. I, I would advise anybody not to have anything to do with Moses Collette. Uh, you know, he got $500,000 last I heard. Uh, the old guy in Ohio, I tried to call him about two, three weeks ago, and his phone is no longer in service. So he was about 92 or 93 anyway, so he's probably dead now. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that's that's the situation. I mean, Chris and Danny is wall to wall Jews or wall to wall Mongols or wall to wall Zogbots or something here. If you really are into dual seed line Chris Dundanti, the best thing you could do is go to, you know, go to, uh, you know, go to uh, archive.org and type in churchoftrueisrael.org or something like that. Uh, somebody sent me a link to uh, a link to something, and I haven't got around to putting up the archives. I need to do that here. And have whoever sent me that to send it to me the fourth time, and this time I will, I will put it on my webpage. Y'all put a link on it to my webpage, so you can uh, listen to the original Copperay and Wesley Swift material. Uh, what I need to do also within a week or two, I need to, I got Christogenia.us. I need to create a bogus forum, uh, essentially put up them Finkelstein and Brian Rio and all the other little posts here and, <laughs> you know, make it a parody site of, of uh, Rabbi Fink. But, uh, you know, no, I just, uh, you know, <laughs> that's John's spaghetti. <laughs> uh, it's a sort of a joke here. Oh, liar Bill busted up the clueless. He came down to be ordained by me. And you know, I don't know what there is, but there's something sort of maybe I maybe I give off weird or psychotic emanations here. Because Trader Glenn Miller, he ran out of my office here because he thought I was going to kill him. And maybe old liar Bill thought the same thing because I I went ahead and I cooked up. I went ahead and cooked up some uh, spaghetti, you know, some spaghetti sauce. I bought some uh, hamburger. I bought some hamburger for a dollar fifty. Yeah, this was ground round, the best hamburger you can get. You know, I mean, only fifteen percent fat. And I'd cooked up a bunch of it for chili and canned it, and I'd cooked a bunch of it for spaghetti sauce. So I cooked up some spaghetti. And then I added that. Uh, well, I added some uh, hunts, you know, I mean, the stuff you buy in a can because it's cheap. And then I went ahead and added this hamburger, you know, this hamburger for spaghetti sauce here. And Roxy ate it. I ate it. No problem. The puppy dog, you know, poopy dog got to lick up the plates here. Wire Bell, he eats a little bit of it. And then he just runs in and he picks it all up into the toilet. You know, it's a hubble. And I said, like, what the hell is going on? Well... I, looking back, Elijah Bell, I ordained the bastard and uh, got him, you know, got him to admit to it on the storefront on Toshiba number two. And a week later, I'm, I'm spying on his private messages over his storefront. I mean, they're a bunch of tards at storefront. But in any case, Elijah uh, Bell was a big tard. He was always trying to censor people. But anyway, Elijah Bell later on claimed about a year or so later that he had watched me. Because 
you know, what happens? I have an asparagus patch, and the asparagus patch, you know, asparagus needs fertilizer. And I'm not going to spend a bunch of money for liquid urea or dried urea from the Fort Worth stockyards. I mean, you know, pretty well. I just uh, piss in these two-liter apple apple juice jugs, and uh, what I do later is I pour it over on my compost pile or something like that here. You know, so anyway, old Ryder Bill claimed that for whatever reason I had cooked his spaghetti, you know, in this stored urine, you know, the stored urine they had in jugs outside. I only keep usually a jug or two, you know, uh, you know, when it's above freezing here inside the house here, well, the hub at the time. And, uh, you know, pretty well what I do is I keep it stored outside. I guess he's. He's claimed he's seen me take a jug of piss inside that I used, uh, you know, for asparagus fertilizer and, you know, tomato patch fertilizer and uh, green. You don't have to use so much green beans. They all have nitrogen. But, you know, pretty well, you know, piss has a lot of nitrogen in it. You know what I mean? You don't want to pour it over when it's summertime or something like that. But uh, during the spring and the fall and the winter, it works just fine. But in any case, he claimed that he had watched me cook his spaghetti in my own urine, and then the goofy bastard claims that he ate it. So, <laughs> oh, I, 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 all I can say to that was, you're right, liar Bill. You, I couldn't fool you. I cooked, I cooked, I cooked your spaghetti, you know, extra special in my own urine, and then you ate it. And oh, by the way, liar Bill. That wasn't chocolate pudding you ate. Flossenburger, Lionel Bill. Flossenburger, you know, code word, safe word, Flossenburger. Now you're going to remember that that wasn't chocolate pudding you ate either. <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, you know, the character is such a nitwit. You know what I mean? Everybody says, you know, everybody thinks to himself, if I see some character, Cooking my spaghetti in his own urine, I mean, most people would refuse to eat it. You know what I mean? Right? Right. It never oh, happened. Yeah. It never happened. It never happened. I mean, Liar Bill, Liar Bill, I call him Mumps Nut the Clues because Roxy had heard that he couldn't have kids because, his, you know, Mumps had settled in his testicles here, so he couldn't have that. But then she said, you know, she told me around 2012 is that he said he only had one nut at that. So now I call him Mumps Nut. The clueless. I mean, he's just a he's just a lying, he's just a lying, he's just a lying retard. You know that, that, that he's just a lying retard who essentially is a snitch. You know, and he's you know he he's been working with old he's been working with uh, Brian Rio to try to get me kicked off of uh, Stumble In, you know, and uh, the Beer Barrel at the time and. Uh, you know, he acted as a terms of service snitch. So he, he's just a, he's just a, he's just simply a lying. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna mute nigger puke Marty Chomo here. Okay. Uh, well, that's fine. Uh, I've one time by mistake, one time by mistake while I was in a truck, uh, I I went ahead and made the mistake of using as a piss jug a two liter bottle. And one night, by mistake, in New Jersey, 
I made the mistake of essentially drinking from the wrong two-liter bottle. And what happens is that I figured out that this was not grape soda. So pretty well, uh, I did not swallow. How's that? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. After that, I no longer, I no longer, as a matter of privacy, you do not, you do not, you know, if you use a piss jug, you use a jug which is totally different. Then you, know, you do not piss in two. You do not use a two liter. You do not use a two liter jug as a piss jug unless you just absolutely have to. You know, I mean, you, you do not, you do not use about the same type of jug that you drink out of and that you piss into. You know what I mean? And certainly not right. in the dark. You know what I mean? This is just simply, this is just simply minor. This is just simply minor sense here. You know what I mean? And you don't do it. You don't do it twice. That's for sure here. Much less. <laughs> I mean, Liar Bill. Liar Bill's. I mean, Liar Bill was such a. He said such a retard here. He claimed. He claimed that I hadn't been spying on him. Well, I told John Britton that, that I'd been spying with him about a week or so, and then I told Finkelstein about two or three months later. But he, you know, I, I spied on him. Essentially, Liar Bill was such a retard. All he could think of doing was banning people. That's all he wanted to do, and he went after. He went after Clunt and uh, Clunt Downey and Meerkat Mark Downey because they were making fun of Catholics, you know, the Catholic menace and all this good happy horse shit. And he tried to, he went bitching to Lycia, you know, this big fat skank here who has a, has a, has a bitch crust on Don Black. And then, you know, Lycia went bitching up to Jack Poot. Then Jack Poot went up to Don Black and then Don Black says, Debbie Doney has been a devoted comrade here for 30 years. Well, maybe she's a help me. Who knows? So it went from Don Black to Jack Poot, Jack Poot to Lycia, then Lycia to Liar Bill Mumpstats and Close, and said pretty well, uh, whatever Clot Downey and Meerkat Mark want, they get. So essentially, old, old Liar Bill, this is over Christmas of 2010, and he had a shit fit over that, and he... He didn't. Uh, he didn't log in to uh, Storefront for about two or three months after that. Well, what was annoying though is I'd made the you know, no, this was December 2009, early 2010. What what happens is that what I would do is on Shiba number one, I would see if CI Chaplin was in on the chat, and then on Shiba number two, I would tuck in right behind old Wire Bill, because I didn't want Wire Bill looking and seeing when was the last time he was in and then finding out this wasn't when he was on. I wasn't on there. I was asleep then, or I was, you know, at whatever work I was, or attending uh, Shaniqua Shemail's FBI debriefing tour or something like that. So I would always look on Toshiba number one where C.I. Chapel was on the storefront. If he was on the storefront, I'd just tuck in right behind him, you know what I mean, on Toshiba number right. two. And then what I'd do is I'd, I'd just download his, I'd just go ahead and download his email. And if I had a little more time, what I would do is I'd take screenshots and I'd do, this, I'd do the same. I'd do the screenshots here. And so, I mean, Liar Bill was just, he's just an idiot. All he could do is thinking of banning Lisa Lee or Moore Diver or some other, some other tard who was playing CI dentist here at the time. But he, he became moderator. And I got to see the moderator section 
I got to see the sustaining member section, and these people are these people are idiots. These people are idiots on storefront. You know, all they all they do is they backbite each other, they shit on each other. They're just a bunch of you know, they're just a bunch of lying retards. So in case, uh you know, most of it was pretty boring on storefront on their little secret panel, for those of you who care. But anyway, uh what happens is Debbie Downey, uh Debbie Downey uh had banned had banned somebody who had given Don Black eight thousand dollars. And Don Black, he loves that money. He loves that money. So after after Debbie Downey did that crap, why uh he, he said that after this, why no no moderator could overtly ban anybody. I suppose somebody gave him eight thousand dollars without Don Black's approval. Now few people are banned you know, even if they give them some money, but, you know, I don't think that Don Black's going to ban anybody who's a lifetime, well, maybe a few people have been lifetime members. You give them $1,000, you get you become a lifetime member. But, uh, I don't know. V. Bolton, V. Bolton is pretty well, you know, V. Bolton had its heyday between 2003 and 2010 or 11. Now it's the WordPress blog, which is the number one thing here, but also Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you have critters like that Jew, Alex Linder. Uh, last time I looked, he hadn't been on his own philosophy bag and Tart Corral for six or seven days. Uh, I guess he's on Twitter, you know, tweeting or something like that. Okay. Oh, right. Uh, Tom Hunter. Tom Hunter said, uh, uh, "Optima FEMA, remember to mention poor SSS, SS John in your next niche report to Zog." Well, um, you can look up on the SPOC uh, hate list, and I put Oklahoma City on the map, so uh, you know I have okay. to report to Zog. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to uh, really look at uh, what what the uh, ANSSC is doing, uh, go to the hate watch list, and uh, you'll see that uh, Oklahoma City is on the hate watch list, and I'm pretty much the only one down here, but I do have uh, other organizations that, um, you know, have my back and everything else. But, uh, I mean, if you're going to report me to Zog, I'm, I'm pretty sure Zog already knows about me. Every Every so often, every so often, uh, it looks like about maybe one out of every three years, the Southern Pride Law Center will put Granby, Missouri, on the hate map. And then oh, really? like two or three years without you go two or three years without it, and they'll put me back on. Uh, what happens is I'm I'm pretty well trying to keep a very low profile about that church I bought around Kansas City. Right. Because well, I don't, I don't, I don't want. I don't want. Well. It's a very small town, and uh, Dewey Tucker says, "Hey, look, uh, the best way to uh, the best way to end any talk about white supremacists only is simply have one of the one of the people you have up there simply offer it for rent. You know what I mean? Just put it for rent. Right. You know what I mean? Put it for rent. Now, of course, I'd say, hey, uh, no niggers." No, you know, no beaners. I don't want niggers or beaners in that church. 
But I wouldn't mind renting to a white family or something like that. You know what I mean? You know, and have them sort of halfway keep it up or something like that. But I don't know. I'm hoping to get Roxy. I'm hoping to get Roxy on her feet so I can go up there maybe one day out of every month and maybe do a little bit of a sermon or something like that and then let other people know and they can have a, they can have, you know, they can open up Hate Hall or Hitler Hall or Aryan Nations Hall or whatever here and, uh, you know, Kansas City. Kansas City is a central location here. It'd be a, it'd be a perfect place for people to, you know, to have a meeting. I, I was going to try to rent it out to Bruce Gorman, but regrettably, last month, uh, Bruce Bruce pretty well had his 14-year-old half-Filipino son call in. And, uh, well, Bruce, uh, you need to look after your 14-year-old half-Filipino son and stop pretending to be a CI dentist because, I mean, essentially that... You know that time is over. Now I don't, I don't wish harm to poor old Bruce, but I mean, essentially, he needs to get. You know, he needs to figure out what comes first here. And I think, I think he's actually right in, you know, supporting his. You know, I mean, if he had such a big problem, he couldn't. You know, he couldn't abandon his 14-year-old uh, Filipino son. You need to, you know, you, you need to admit as much and just simply, you know, get your head straight right to where. You know, it's time. It's time to stop pretending to be a CI dentist. You know what I mean? I always think. Right. I always think, and Eli James and Jeremy Vester. I, I tell Jeremy. I tell Jeremy. You know, I said, Jeremy, I'm always praying that you'll go back to being a Pentecostal linhead. I mean, you're such a slick liar. You got a good deal of verbal slickness. I wish you would just simply take yourself and bridge of the edge and your four or five little pisser possums. And rather than pretend to be CI dentist because nobody's going to really let you in because you are 25% Cherokee, LOL, whatever, and your daddy is a Sephardic Dutch Jew, you know, and your mother is an engine of some sort, you know, and you're a Melungeon, I mean, hey, you know, well, be glad you're not an Ashkenazi Melungeon like Dan Johns and, you know, Brian Wright and bleed out the ass. But, I mean, hey, just simply go back and just go become a Pentecostal linthead. You know what I mean? These Pentecostals, why they don't mind? They don't mind. Uh, they don't mind liars. They don't mind uh, characters who uh, have at least some plausible biblical knowledge, and they can roll on the floors and you know sing "I'll Fly Away Someday" and maybe handle snakes and do you know all sorts of stupid shit like that. You know what I mean, Jeremy? You really have missed your calling here as a CI dentist. Here, you're you're just really. You know, nobody's going to get past the fact that you're an engine or a Melungeon or a Jew boy. You know, but if you were a Pentecostal linhead, why, hey, the fact that you're an engine or a Melungeon or a part Jew boy or whatever, they, they'll just think that's just wonderful because them, them tards think that Jews are God's chosen people. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> I invite Jeremy to call in to tonight's show, but uh, I guess maybe he's not in here tonight. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, um, somebody said um, Jeremy uh, is going to call in. I mean, um, I, I would have loved to have a uh, a conflicting uh, phone call with him. Uh, I mean, I've dealt with him in the past, um, and this goes all the way back to 2005. And um, oh, did you have problems? Did you have problems with the old pistol possum? 
Well, uh, what it was is um, basically my mother was dying. She wanted to see um, uh, Pastor Butler's daughter uh, that she grew up with. Um, basically, they were considered sisters at that point in time, Bonnie and um, and I forget the other daughter's name. I, I have it on a, on a, uh, on a picture. Um, but um, and, and I was trying to honor that, and so then at that point in time, in 2005, I got on the Aryan Nation website and um, was uh, blindsided by uh, Pastor uh, Jonathan Williams, uh, supposedly CJCC, and this is that, you know, and uh, uh, basically uh, told me that uh, I needed to prove who I was. Well, I sent him undeniable proof. Uh, I sent him uh, basically uh, uh, proof of uh, Pastor Butler pre-Aryan Nation and pre-CJCC, and he's like, oh, okay. And, and, and you know, some people go, oh, well, that could be on the Internet. Well, you know, I dare you to find it on the Internet because only a family member is going to have this kind of shit, you know what I mean? And... Um, so uh, it, what, it, what it basically amounted, what it basically came down to, is they had no way of getting hold of Bonnie uh, Butler and, uh, and 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 the other daughter. So I was not able to fulfill my mother's dying dream, uh, you know, dying wish, and you know, it wasn't really a dream, a dying wish um, to actually, um, you know, say goodbye to. Uh, um, Pastor Butler's uh, two daughters. They were first cousins, right? Uh, yeah, I'm They've been sure cousins of some sort, yeah. So yeah. Well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have any contact. I don't have any contact with uh, my first cousins. I mean, shoot, uh, one of them married a damned Indian. You know what I mean? And then the other, you know, the others, you know, some of the others are greedy. And then the, oh, then some other ones are Norwegians. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't really maintain contact with, uh, you know, with much of my family here. My, my mom, my mom was, you know, had contact with all her First and second cousins, with Samuel Sons and the Swensons and the Swensons and the Ericsons, and she maintained pretty good contact with them, you know. And she would she would write to about everybody. Uh, my dad about what oh oh about twenty thirty years ago, he was talking to this guy. He was in a nursing home, and he was an old rancher, and he was bitter that his Children wouldn't write him, and his nieces and nephews wouldn't write him. He says, "But I got a, I got a letter from South, from Missouri," and my dad said, "Let me see that letter." And sure enough, it was Mom who'd written him a letter, and she'd remembered his birthday, and she had sent him a card of some sort or another. You know what I mean? And you know, right. it is his, his, his own kids, his own kids. His own kids and his relatives, you know, or whoever he's given his ranch to, they don't even they don't even see they don't even come to see him. They don't even write him. They're within what? You know, they're in the same county. They don't come see him. They don't write him. They don't call him. And here is some woman seven hundred miles away, seven hundred fifty miles away, who he didn't really know. 
uh, who, you know, sends them a birthday card, you know, and good wishes and how are you doing, you know, in the nursing home and all that. And that's what, you know, that was what my mom's hobby was. That's, you know, just pretty well keeping track of everyone in the family and everyone who was a cousin and a relative and a, you know, I, you know, I mean, my dad didn't really, you know, my dad and this guy wasn't really close, but he did, you know, heck, he didn't have anything else better to do and peer, so he goes and sees this guy at the, he was either at the, he was either at the single room, he was either at the Waverly Hotel, which was essentially, was essentially a place where the feed, you know, where the old thieves who, uh, you know, weren't bad enough for nursing homes kept here. I mean, you used to have these old single-room occupancy hotels, which were built in the, what, 1890s and 1910s or whatever. And essentially they were just, I mean, all the people in them are just much old, you know, much old uh, geezers and, you know, geezerettes and whatever. And Either that or it was a nursing home, I forget which, uh, but uh, there were two nursing homes at Pier, and my dad's just visiting, you know, this old geezer here that, you know, was, well, I think it was about five or ten miles down from our place, or, uh, but anyway, uh, my mom had, my mom had written, oh, you know, my mom had kept track of him, uh, kept track of him, sent out a letter here, and, you know, his own, his own blood can. Uh, who he had given his ranch to didn't do a damn thing here, and that's what my mom used to do here for, you know, for giggles here. So anyway, here, well, mom, you know, my mom was sweet here. I mean, she never, she never harmed anybody. So any case, uh, if you want back on the map, make a new donation. If you want back on the map here, I don't think old Morris D's. <laughs> That is that is uh, that's old uh, that's old carb hunter. Uh, pretty well, pretty well. I've been on the map every so often, uh, but you know, usually I guess they don't. The last time they, they spelled my name right was when they arrested me in May 11th. You know, May the day after May 11th, 2005, when they said I was a you know, uh, accused of being a child molester. That was the only damn time they spelled my name correctly. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they, they just, you know, so generally, you can only have been on there one or twice here, but I'm not really, I'm not really in a big hurry to get my name back on. You know what I mean? So just leave it, just leave it be here. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, my mom, my mom would be, my mom would be, uh, you know, my mom really, most of her life, she went, she went about with about as much smarts as about a 10-year-old girl. I mean, she was molested by her bitch mother. You know what I mean? And that's what, you know, that's what gets me is that, you know, she's my own damn family. It's my own damn family. You know, which has gone ahead and killed my grandfather and killed my mother here. You know what I mean? It just, it was just really, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes it's correct here. I mean, you know, compared, compared to, compared really, you know, to, oh, some members of my own family. I mean, Brian Rio and Rabbi Spink and Eli are just small potatoes. 
I mean, they're just simply they're just simply shit skins who have nothing else better to do. You know what I mean? Right. And what I had to laugh is that shoot, here is here's this mongrel. He's telling his fellow mongrels from Finland that he's back to smoking dope. He's back to smoking. He's back to smoking opium and nigger weed and LSD and essentially he's back to being an anti-racist activist. And you now nobody should go ahead and look at people with hatred, racial hatred. Well, like and essentially here at the finish, you know, finished critter, he goes ahead and tells. He goes ahead and says that, and essentially they're all scared of, you know, Sword Brethren, a.k.a. Brian. They know that he's Brian Real. They know that, you know, here's these Brian Real pictures. They know he's a mongrel. These critters are mongrels themselves, but they're not Jews. And here comes Rabbi Fink. He takes it down. So, oh, shoot, all Fink got. So, Eli James, Fink, Visser. All they got, all they got, is mongrels listening to them and nimbus retards harassing them. That's all they got. Krishna uh, right. Dandy, Krishna Dandy, above ground Krishna Dandy, is pretty well. Is just pretty well kaput. It's it's on its, you know, it's sort of like having an organized church here, a state-supported church. Uh, you know, if you have a state-supported church. Essentially, it's a dead, you know, unless it's a Muslim church or something like that. If it's a Protestant church, like Church of England, or anything else here, uh, state, you know, state support kills it. And above ground Christian identity is, you know, it's just simply, it's just simply a dead issue here. Uh, Clifton Amheiser, he used to be, he used to be. He used to be thought as a scholar, but here he goes in and he brings in Fink. And he justifies papist preterism. And he is oh so jealous of Bertrand Compare. And the problem, the problem with anybody who wants to claim to be a CI scholar is that none of them are going to be the equal of Bertrand Compare. So so you have two cho- you have two choices with that reality. You can be like Willie Martin and expound on Bertrand Compare by using ten words for every word Bertrand Compare, and you, you know you are valuable. You are valuable, but you're still you know, you're still not going to be up to standards of Bertrand Compare. And Willie Martin, Willie Martin, acknowledged that. Or if you're a Jew like Eli James or William Fink or Sword Nigger or what you know, Dan Johns, you're gonna be a Jew whining about Jews and you are going to bring in the no devil, papist preterist, all this other Jew horseshit and you are not going to like Bertrand Compare because you can't even match. In fact, everything you're going to say is going to be at variance with what Bertrand Compare preached and taught. Right. So, right. you know, pretty much I choose, I choose not, I choose not to even think I'm going to compete with Bertrand Compare. 
I'm not going to write as much stuff as Willie Martin. Uh, generally, what I'm going to do is pretty well talk about what is now, what the political situation is now, because it's different than, say, in 1967 when they were worried about communism. Now communism is dead except for in the United States, where it is alive and very well, very well. You know, disguised as Jew capitalism. So, mm-hmm. you know, no, I mean, that's that's pretty well the reality as far as understanding dual seedline Christian identity. Uh, I think Bertrand Compare got a number of things wrong, but every time I every time I talk to some people who think they're smarter than Bertrand Compare, like Keith Southworth, you know, there's a tard. Uh, you know, Clifton M. Heiser. Uh, anybody, you know, there's there's not going to be there's not going to be a lot there's not going to be an equal a Bertrand Compare in dual nah. line Christian identity. You know, that's just nah. you know that's just the size of it. I mean, your uncle, your uncle never preached anything that was at variance with Bertrand Compare. So, you know, just you know, I mean, your uncle, your uncle had that much sense too. Here, you know, he. You know, he knew that he was not going to compete as a scholar with Bertrand Compare, and that that is, you know, that is uh, pretty well the wisest, that's pretty well the wisest course of action here. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, and Pastor Butler was very wise. I mean, he was a you know Lockheed Martin uh, engineer. I mean, he, he was not a stupid man by any way, shape, or form. And no, no. Um, he also had a high IQ. I mean, if there was somebody that was better as a scholar in uh, dual feed line Christian, Christian identity, of course he wasn't going to go up against that. I mean, that would have been mere stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's why that's why I'm pointing out is that you have creatures like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I went ahead and looked. I think Clifton Sunil, you know, I called him Captain Sunil Demeiser. Uh, he already he was having problems in 1997 with Bertrand Compare. In 2002, he just said, "Well, I don't believe that Yahweh created all the races." Well, what Bertrand Compare said is that, hey, the uh, the you know the creatures in Genesis 126, 127 are the, are the seven-day beasts in the field. They're not the Adam, and that you know that Yahweh rested on the Yahweh rested on the seventh day or era, and then on the eighth day he formed the Adam. So he, you know, Bertrand Compare didn't say that, didn't say that uh, Adam was the first man. He said that Adam was the first man of a new white race. You know, he doesn't deny the Cro-Magnon man. He doesn't deny, you know, he doesn't deny science. He just simply points out is that Adam was a a new, a new, you know, a new, you know, a new creation. Right. And that is, you know, that is, you know, that is pretty well wisdom. 
that is you know un, you know that is understanding that and you have Bert, you have uh, so essentially you have the sixth deal you have in dual seed line Christian Daniel I mean sixth day beast of the field without soul seventh day Adam you know Yahweh rests and then eighth day Adam and then pretty well I would say ninth day Jew boy because Cain was the spawn you know was the spawn of Satan's seduction of Eve. I mean, this is what gets me, is that Will Williams, Will Williams understands dual seed line Christian identity. He hates it, but he understands it better than Fink, who claims it's a parable or an analogy of race-mixing event, and now claims there is no Satan. There is no Satan. Now, essentially, Satan is the Jews, and poor old Satan got put in the pit around 500, 500 A.D. and came out in time, you know, to seduce Martin Luther, and now Satan is the Jews, and I guess the Jews spawned themselves here. It wasn't a seduction of Eve. It was a it was a Brooklyn gang rape or something like that. And Think will say stupid crap like that. And all along, he's a Jew. You know, the the people who listen to him are mongrels. They eat up that sort of crap. And uh, you know, no, I'd, I'd say I'd say this year, you know, this year. It's probably going to be the year that CI dentistry, you know, pretty well finishes collapsing. I mean, these creatures have been revealed as Jews, as mongrels, as zogbots, as creatures who have no part at all. Okay? Yeah. So, in any case, tomorrow I'll, I'll probably... I'll probably be working on. I'll probably be working on my. Uh, I'll probably be working on my. Uh, oh, I'll probably be working on my. Uh, well, I have to be working on my Rule Fifty Nine E. I'll be working on it t- tomorrow as well, or tonight as well. So I'm going to go ahead and work on it some tonight. But uh, in any case, uh, let's see. I'll be working on it tonight. And uh, let me see. Uh, tomorrow I'll go visit my sister. But tomorrow I'll probably probably have some time to call in to what Tom Bowie's and Rich Buberos's show. I'll probably be trolling Finkelstein and maybe not so much Eliar. Uh, I'm inclined yeah. to cut Eliar. I'm I'm inclined to cut Eliar some slack here. If like uh, Russ Walker, he'll testify against Brian Rio and Fink. You know what I mean? On that bogus DMCA complaint. Okay? Right. So, <laughs> I'm afraid VSP is no more. Probably, VSP is probably a sock puppet of Carb Hunter, but who cares? You know what I mean? Uh, by the way, by the way, if any there there's anybody who's good at cartoons, uh, I don't know if you ever see the worm Uberos to where you have this Midgard serpent or whatever he's eating, you know, it's eating his own tail. Well, I like to have the worm Juberos to where you have a Jew worm, you know, eating a body of white people here and then shitting out, oh, mamsers here. And then you have another, you have another wor- Jew, Jew worm going ahead and eating them mamsers and then shitting out niggers. And then you have a Jew nigger going ahead and, you know, you'll, you'll have a what? Three layers or four layers of snakes here. Uh, they're eating. They're you know the Jew, the Jew, uh, the Jew, the worm Juberos is uh, eating white people. 
and then shitting out, uh, well, jukes or you know beaners, and then you know you have a you have a beaner Jew worm uh, going the other way, you know, shitting out niggers, and then have a nigger Jew shitting out, I guess, shit, I don't know, monkeys or whatever. You know, just a thought here for those of you who have some some you know cartooning skill. Anyway, I think I'm going to call it a night. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. No worries. Well, I've been going on. I, you know, this show's been going on with two different shows for about oh two or three hours. I think that's I think that's enough. But I do need to oh get around to getting some things done. So anyway, it's Uber Orobos. Orobos. Okay. Well, I call it Jubilee no, here. No, it's Ouroboros, I believe, is how you pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I haven't blocked anybody right now. I haven't blocked anybody for a while. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night, I think. Sound good? All right, brother. Well, um, you know, uh, 1488 and uh, Hell Victory. Okay, well, fourteen eighty-eight and hell victory, and uh, you know, is it is it too cold in Oklahoma or too wet or slick to ride a motorcycle now? Or what do you what do you ride when you're not riding a motorcycle? Do you ride a Buick or a Chevrolet or whatever else? No, I got a twenty thirteen RT Challenger. Okay, oh, that's a Dodge, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, a Chrysler or something. Dodge or Chrysler? No, it, it, yeah, no, it's a, fast, it's a fast Dodge. Oh, okay. Well, Dodge Challenger or Chrysler Challenger or something here. I knew it was a. I knew it was a. Well, I, I suspected you had a four wheeler of some sort or another. You know what I mean? Well, I got a Dodge truck too, but uh, yeah, uh, no. Uh, in the ice is the uh, it's the truck in the uh, in the in the decent weather. It's the the car or the motorcycle. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, I, uh, I'm i not much of a motorcycle rider. So, in any case, uh, I sort of used to drive a Geo, but now I drive me a Buick here. So, I sometimes think, <laughs> wouldn't I really rather drive a Buick? I don't know if you've ever seen that ad here, but they little tune here. You know, uh, I used to drive an Oldsmobile, and then, let me see, I drive a Capri. used to drive in the... 90s. I used to drive in the 90s a bunch of Chevrolets here. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, Caprice Classics here, and then I drove a Pontiac. You know, and so I think about the Pontiacs here. You know, poor old nigger thinks it's a Cadillac. And then I, you know, now so now uh, I bought. You know, in May I bought me a Buick for a thousand bucks, and I uh, pretty well I just loaded up. I, when I go to Neosho, I only usually go to Neosho once a week here. But when I go to Neosho, I go to the Walmart, I go to wherever, and then I come back on the way home. I load up 15 of them, you know, 60-pound cinder blocks. No, 40-pound cinder blocks. I load up 15 of them, so that's, what, 600 pounds. So I call it my quarter-ton Buick, and I load up the Buick, and I just drive straight home. And then I uh, I need to go outside and unload the damn Buick because I don't really want to be hard on the shocks here. 
So anyway, I drove. <laughs> you go? No, I drive a, you know, buy a bare computer. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it night. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night. Now time to play the flooring gyre. White men clad in black are we, hi-yi-yo, and we'll stamp out from tyranny, hi-yi-yo. White men go, we vote ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. Let a build any descent, carry life. Oh, who was there, the ruling man? Kirillai. White men go, we vote home. From the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war home. On the cold out lawns, let red blood flow. Oh, white men, their rifles shoot, the Jews are laid low. Arms are gling, next we stop our boots, the sap out the soul. White men go, we vote home, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war home. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. The regime of solely love is great. I, I, oh, the love of God, our only need. I, I, oh, white men go, we vote home. On the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. We will conquer for our causes right. Hi-yi-yo. Our sons won't have to go and fight. Hi-yi-yo-ho. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.